You're listening to The Virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts... Now. I could see why some of the boys took him for snobby. He had a quiet way about him. A walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. He strolled like a man in a park without a care or a worry in the world. Like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say I liked Andy from the start. Hey, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Stanley, all in here this morning. Opening up with uh, a little Elvis because uh, Jerry Lieber passed away last night. Lieber and Stoller, one of the all-time great rock and roll writing teams. Uh Hicks, you had to make a tough decision. Is it Jerry Lieber or 
Nick Ashford. That's where you had to go right now. Give me Lieber. Ain't No Mountain High Enough is a fucking gigantic song, my friend. That's a gigantic fucking song. Huge. Uh, but, yeah, can you imagine you're Nick Ashford, you die on the fucking day, like, well, not too many fucking songwriters going to beat me today. And one did. Shit. Shit. Fuck <laughs> it. Fuck <laughs> it. It's all about someone else. What the fuck? I met Jerry in the hall here one day, but we never had him on the show. Um, just as soon as we came over here, he was doing uh, Cousin Brucey's show. And I'm like, uh, all right, serious must be weird, Dad. If a couple guys like this just swing by. Wander up. Hang out. All right. It's the Big Ron and Fez show, what we're now calling a talk show. And that means that we will talk to you. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Anything at all you want to talk about to get the morning started. I want to pull Fez Watley in here because I see you're having a confused day, Fez. Yeah, yeah, very confused, very um, panicky. What happened? Was somebody mean to you before you got here? No, no one was mean. Just turned into a whirling dervish running around and got myself in a pitch. Got myself physically dizzy and nuts. What happens before I get here, Hicks, that you guys get him physically dizzy and nuts? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to keep him in the... Why aren't you physically uh, busy and nuts? You were here, right? Yeah, I was here. Yeah, I've been here. You're not early. physically busy and nuts. Well, on the inside, it's probably all fucked up. But on the outside, yeah, I'm fucking rocking and rolling. Uh, for Jerry? Yeah. Um, Joe, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I got a spy report slash number one. All right, the spy report. You know, we're going to have to come up with a new name, too, for... Spy report. Spy report. For number one. What do you got there, uh, Joe? Uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith have separated. Wow, this is a stunner. I thought that they were the happiest couple in Hollywood. Maybe it's because she wanted to spend more time with her metal career. Uh, I don't know if this one's true. My guys would have been all over this, whirling dervish and friends. They're all slowly going through, trying to figure out whether that's true right now. We're playing search, search, hurry up for search. Uh, so we'll eventually uh, check on that. The 49ers want to end their uh, preseason games against the Raiders after all the violence broke out. Um after this past matchup. Well, there was a fist fight with some really big heavy taggers. A couple of really big guys were going at it. And then uh, somebody got shot in the parking lot. Yeah, so it's this is going to be the start of the riots in the United States. Where it's it's gonna start it's gonna start in the sports arenas and then spill out. No, are you only saying that because England had riots? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see the connection there. The, uh, a fight at a sports uh, thing between two towns that live next to each other and have this, you know, rival thing between uh, them. I don't see the same thing as what's going on in England. Now, it would be closer to the hooliganism in England that they do every week, and they're used to. But when you oddly think about it, in the United States, as crazy as football games get, they're nowhere near crazy is what happens with the hooligans. Yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking. With the, it started with the hooligans. 
then that kind of becomes accepted behavior. Well, it, then it's okay to do it for political reasons. Mm. Well, we've had riots here like in 92, summer of, I think, 68, when the cities uh, burned. So I don't know if they're tied in with the sports mentality as much. Now, I do think what has changed quite a bit over the years is wearing your colors to the fucking game. Where, you know, years ago, people just showed up wearing their fucking street clothes, you know, looking like a, a person. But now you're supposed to show up, you know, sporting the colors as if you were the Bloods and Crips. Represent the team. Now, the weird thing is, if you show up now dressed as a person, people in the stands will say, where's your fucking jersey? And you're like, fuck you, dude. Come I'm not on. fucking 10 where I'm, I'm going to pretend... That I'm playing in the in the game, so that's the thing. When you start to have mismatched colors sitting next to each other, which is really not the same thing. You know the the riots that you see over there, Fez. They say are some economic reasons behind it. Mm -hmm. Poor people being pissed off. That doesn't have a real lot to do with what went on at this game. This game is more about our side versus your side, and. We've also gotten away from that old school sportsmanship thing where, hey, at the end of the game, we all, you know, shake hands and say good game. We've got into this that this, this team really represents our city and really represents our individual identity. And to me, that's the, that's the stupid part of it. You know, when you hear about guys saying, when my team fucking, uh, fucking died, uh, you know, my fucking team was knocked out of the playoffs. I was depressed for four weeks or I broke something at home. That's a whole different kind of shit going on. Um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Run. Um, you know, coming from Philadelphia or around there where you are, you know, asshole Eagle fans have been doing this forever, and yet uh, no riots have come from it, so I'm not so sure how this is going to happen. Yeah, and they and they actually what happens a lot of times at the Eagles game if it's not between just a couple of drunks, it will come from some guy wearing a fucking Redskins jersey. Redskins starts winning, the Eagle fans will start and throw beer on them, and it's that on. guy's like, "I've had enough of this shit." As soon as he fucking throws, uh, boom, it's all fucking laid out there. So really, I do see this more involved in that kind of mentality, and I I remember being like. Five or six, the first time my dad took me to an Eagles game, and it was just a madhouse of adults fighting. And I'd never seen adults really fucking throwing down like that, you know? Uh, it, it was a very weird fucking thing uh, when you're a kid, but it is, um, it is fucking closer to what, you know, happened here. Guys just, they, they empathize, they fucking belong to this. Mentality. When you start to use names like Raider Nation and all that kind of shit, people think that they belong to something, uh, even though it's just a sporting event. Matt, Oakland. I have you been any big fan. Yeah, I was actually at the game. It was fucking crazy. They just showed one of many fights. There was a fight every 30 seconds going on. Yeah, I think I think the thing that it was initially said by the Niners of hey maybe we need to let this thing fucking cool out we don't do it anymore is a smart move and probably the only move they need to make right now. Again, I don't tie it into anything bigger 
than the fact that those two towns have gotten caught up in the uh, bragging rights. The other uh, move they're making is um, stopping the tailgating as soon as the game starts. When the game starts, the tailgating's over? Yeah. Clint. What kind of idiot would stay out there once the game started? Yeah. I mean, don't you go home or... Well, well, I never got fucking hanging out while the fucking thing's going on. Fuck well, you don't like to drink next to a car in a parking lot? <laughs> um, Jeff, you're on the Run of Show. Hey, Ron, it's a little different subject, but played uh, Elvis at the beginning of the show. Do you think we'll ever see, other than uh, Elvis Presley or Michael Jackson, we'll ever see a single pop icon with the digital uh, world we live in today? Well... You know, there's Lady Gaga is a fucking pop icon. You can't get around that. Now, she's not going to have the same kind of numbers that a Michael Jackson and an Elvis Presley had because, uh, you know, there's so many different places to get music from and download and steal music. But you can't say that we live in an age now where we don't have a pop icon. But do you think Lady Gaga has the, the worldwide uh, attraction that, that Elvis Presley and, and Michael Jackson had? Well, I, I, Elvis never played outside of the United States. You know, like, he never, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, he wasn't as, as big as a lot of fucking bands that are out there. I don't know. I guess Lady Gaga is big around the world. I don't know. I mean, Madonna was a big fucking star, and um, those boy bands were big stars. You two's been a giant pop act for a long time. They're closer to being like a rock act, you know what I mean? That you got to put them in that. It's not where like every little kid and their grandmother are going to have fucking posters of the person, but there are plenty of people who think that New York switching to uh, the gay marriage thing has a lot to do with Lady Gaga. You know, they were saying that that fucking thing of her bringing out the, you know, some of the, you know, uh, pro-marriage stuff helped uh, motivate people. I don't know. I didn't see it that way, but what do I know? Um, here's uh, Josh in Vegas. You're on Fez. Hey, Ron. Uh, I've been to these preseason exhibition games between the Raiders and the Niners. And the best way to solve this problem is don't let fucking Raider fans into the game. It's it's all them every time. You go look at their own home games, there's nobody there because nobody wants to deal with those assholes. Well, there's certainly some of that that can be said. And that's because, and the same thing happened in Philadelphia, where, you know, your reputation, when people started to act like they liked it, like, you know, like the newscasters were acting like, well, Philly fans, ah, and then before you know it, they moved to judging. They arrested people, and uh, people stopped doing it. So th- that might be the other side of this: is just have some kind of zero intolerance. The thing that fucking freaked people out when you watch on TV is there was like, you know, eight, ten guys in this fucking fight that were like three hundred pounds plus. Oh, like this is yeah. fucking scary to the normal people. They're like these guys would have fucked me up, and they were all fucking throwing hands. I mean, they were fucking landing big punches on each other. Um, let's go over here to uh, Linda at Breakneck. Hi, Ronnie. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Fessy. Um, just commenting on the way that uh, fans are getting completely out of hand. The U.S. Open, the tennis Open. Mm-hmm. Was, I mean, there's no calmer sport than that. And I would think no calmer audience than that. And a couple of years ago, I experienced this 
rowdy crowd because of the final. It was the Serbian guy, Jokovic, who's now number one, whatever. They were actually yelling at people that were cheering for the other guy. I, you know, I mean, this is supposedly an upscale audience, correct? Well, the same thing has happened when, uh, you know, at golf now, where they're starting to heckle a little bit and shit. But it really does have to go down to this. We have a mentality in the country right now that each person's opinion is so fucking important to them. You know, I mean, before you even get into stuff like this, do we have a, a time in this country where the Republicans hate the Democrats, the Democrats hate the Republicans. It's really divisive in terms of if people don't agree with me, they're fucking assholes. They're Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the same thing happens with Christians and less religious groups, where if you ask a lot of people, are Christians nuts, you'll hear the fucking term, yeah, they are. They're fucking crazy. And Christians, how do you feel about secular people? Well, they're the reasons behind everything. And we're, we're really dividing each other. But it has to do with this, I am my opinion. My opinion is so fucking important to me, I have to really hold on to it tight. So when I say the Raiders rule, if someone says they don't, it's an affront to me. Bullshit. Um, it's, it's fucking stupid across the board. Uh, Mike, you're on my face. Mike. Yeah, this uh, out here in California, the, you know, the Niners actually are just as bad now as, as the Raiders in terms of the, the games and safety. And, and some of the, the people, they affiliate themselves, the, their gangs actually affiliate themselves with the, the colors and the team. So you, but, know, you get uh, a lot of a lot of fighting that, that goes just beyond the, the actual football right, game. But, you know, these people are going to these things. But even beyond that, the whole fucking thing of being a fan of a team now is kind of like being in a gang where, you know, my fucking team rules. I own all the shit. It's all up in else. my house. No one fucks with us. No one comes into our house. And the NFL can't act like this is something happening beyond them, you know. They set this thing up of this two fake gangs playing, get everybody fired. It's all about being fired up. You no longer can go to a game or watch at home without being fired up. Fucking people are telling, are you fired up about Sunday's game? You're going to fucking, we're going to rep you, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm just going to watch the fucking game. I don't need to be fired up like football. But. Well, I've seen it where people, fans will scream at other fans because they're not on their feet. Yeah. Because, for some reason, it's gotten to this fucking point where we act like that's important. And uh, if somebody's wearing a Dallas fucking shirt, you're supposed to yell, we whipped your ass last year, you guys are pussies. Romo blows. And it fucking, it, it's gotten stupid to the fact that you're now pretending these are fucking LARPing gangs to be a fan of anybody. On the other hand, there's, these fights have gone on forever. For fucking ever. I don't know why we suddenly act like, you know, one fucking dude uh, got fucking shot this week. Uh, well, who fucking shows up at a game with a gun? I mean, you're fucking, that's got to be an aberration. I don't think most people are showing up with fucking handguns. Passion. And we don't have shit compared with what happens in soccer around the world. I mean, if anything, the NFL has been 
way calmer than that sport uh, around the world. Um, let's go over to uh, TJ in Pittsburgh. You're on my face. Ronnie, how's it going? Hey. Look, man, the announcers, they're always, they're trying to get you beefed up for this. They get everybody psyched up. Yeah. Look, Steelers, Browns, come on, everybody in the NFL knows that's like the number one rival in the States, and it always has been. Dude, they they push. They, they, They antagonize. They're like, you know, the Steelers, you know, going to crush the Browns. and They're up in Cleveland. I don't know what the fuck they're saying up in Cleveland, to be honest with you. But anyway, that's not here or there. Uh, uh, all right, let's go over here to Rick. Rick, you're on Manifest. Yeah, yeah, the Yankees-Red Sox, man, they've had a rivalry for years. They've been fighting each other, so it's not just the NFL, man. I, I've been to Yankee Stadium uh, with my kids where I'm like, um, yeah, this is getting fucking stupid right now for a Yankees-Red uh, Sox game uh, where – uh, Dominicans started fucking going crazy over their pitcher and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and Yankees fans were fucking going after him. They're fucking people calling each other monkeys and starting to get fucking racial and all this bullshit. And I'm like, well, there it is, kids. Yankee Stadium. You have a good time. <laughs> I love, I've been to Yankee Stadium in the bleachers and some guy, the Red Sox aren't even playing. He'll come deck down his Red Sox shit and come and get, have to be escorted by the police because he just start because he's asking for it. And again, it's because somehow he's identified with a fucking team more than he fucking needs to. Yeah. More than anybody's asking him to. Come a lifestyle choice. Um, it's not that big a fucking deal. It's a fucking ball game. Um, here's uh, Kyle, Strong Island. You're on Fez. Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, I just got to say, I hate the Raiders, but they're also the most insane fans in the world. I mean, they're the only teams allowed to wear spikes and uh, helmets with the spikes, and they look like you're insane if you don't. I mean... Well, that's all in the in the fucking end zone, though. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's because they get on TV. So to act like, you know, television isn't part of fucking winding this up, they definitely are. They definitely are. Uh, Brian, California. Hey, what's up, Ralph? Hez? Hey. Hey, guys, uh, you're totally right about the colors being more like a gang thing. Here in uh, Northern California, the gangs actually associate themselves with those colors. So if you wear a 49ers jersey, there you're more, most likely some sort of blood or norte. And so in turn, if you like the Raiders, people think that, you know, are against them, and then you're getting problems. It's better just to not wear any, any kind of NFL gear around here. Well, when the... L.A. Uh, had the Raiders. Um, they just started fucking pulling over people wearing Raiders gear after a while. Even if it was July or fucking March, they didn't give a shit. They just thought anybody wearing Raiders gear was a, in a fucking gang. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here is uh, here's J.C. You're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, Ronnie B.? Um... I'm a Niner, I'm a Raider fan out here in California, and that guy I just called a couple times ago. Everybody blaming it on the Raider fans. Well, was at this Niner Stadium. That is like the worst neighborhood in practically all the Bay Area, and there was no there wasn't enough cops there. As far as you know, everybody's blaming the Forty ers out here. The the papers, the 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 TV. The radio? Yeah, but I'll also say this. I don't think you walk into another fucking stadium wearing somebody else's colors. 
It's just fucking stupid. I've watched fucking games all over the country, and sometimes I sit on my hands. Sometimes I'm just fucking sitting there going, good, good fucking play. You don't fucking need to be going crazy and pointing to people around you that you just fucking, your team just hit a home run or scored a touchdown. Who gives a fuck? Get in their face, dude. <laughs> what has that got to fucking do with anything? Let them fucking know. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here's Joker in Georgia. You're in yeah, hey, guys. Hey, I grew up out in Southern California, and when the Raiders moved from Northern California down to L.A., they were outrageous then. They had the Rams and the Raiders playing at the Coliseum, and if you could go to a Rams game, and it was a Sunday afternoon brunch. If the Raiders were playing at home, you didn't go anywhere near there because it was a bunch of animals. It hasn't changed in 30 years. It's been going on since then. Yeah, I think the only thing that's different now is that people, were uh, when they see this fucking stuff on ESPN, they're actually afraid of the actual guys that were in the fight because it doesn't look like some 150-pound kid in it. It looks like somebody who could fuck you up, and now people are fucking... Just nervous about that. I certainly don't think that it's tied into anything but normal sports stuff. See, I was thinking it was with the anger in the country. That's where it's starting to show up. It's because you're afraid of riots. So you're looking at, you saw riots on TV and you're worried about it. But the fights have been going on every weekend forever. During the fucking... uh, the whole time before the bubble popped, Philadelphia was fucking insane with fighting. Insane. And I never was going to take my chick to a fucking Eagles game. Never. You show up to the fucking Eagles game always with your buddies. Wasn't there like a prison or whatever or holding cells in there? They, they put a quick fucking court downstairs. <laughs> and they had to do that to bust people quick. And it actually calmed everything down because now... You know, you get a record for it. You just don't get kicked out. And it was almost seen like, oh, you know, it was almost seen that a, a a fight in the stands was being treated the same way as a fight on the field. Like, that's all just part of the game. As soon as you turn it around, people s- suddenly go, oh, I can control myself. Uh, John, Wisconsin, you're on my face. Yeah, I was going to say, I think TV plays a role in this whole situation. But I think a lot of it is guys don't grow up anymore. Everybody just is, you know, trying to live as a kid and, and act like they're a kid, and that's why you get this type of behavior. There's, I mean, you got fantasy football, those types of things. There is no I fucking mean, doubt about the fact that when you are wearing a fucking jersey with another man's fucking name on it, it's not that different than dressing up as fucking Batman and when you're a little kid. I mean, if it's not fucking gay, then it's immature. What if it's a throwback, though? I might even give you a throwback because you're like, say, this is my fucking youth. <laughs> you know? But to fucking sit around now as a fucking grown man with another grown man's fucking name on you. See, this is what scared people that these are some fucking big hitters here. Yeah. There's some big fucking boys throwing fucking punches. You're going at it, man. Yeah. Good fight. And I will say this. Uh, security took a long time to get. And security was out fucking gun there. You need a cop there, not some guy in a yellow fucking windbreaker. He's going to get dropped real quick. Those guys um, are fucking juiced up. 
Here's uh, Ben in Atlanta. You're on Running Fez. Running. Yeah. A uh, couple things. One is I'd never wear my Braves shirt. I'd never, I'm a season ticket holder in Atlanta. I'd never wear my Braves shirt up at a Philly game. I'm not that stupid. There's no way. And It, it is a stupid thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no way. And I'd never take my nephew to a game. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And my second thing is, like that idiot that called you yesterday yelling about how the Nationals beat the Phillies. Come on. I mean, fans are getting dumber. They're not just, I mean, it's it's crazy, but that, that's stupid to call a Phillies fan and talk about how the Nationals beat them. Come on, you know. Uh, but but that is the thing. Like, people somehow, what happens on that field becomes them. When you start to really have your your level of how you feel about yourself, your level of self-worth rises and falls with how your team is doing. I think you're a little too locked in there. It's only supposed to be entertainment. It's not that. I'll tell you, we've gotten nuts with this thing of people want their movie to be the number one movie. And when their fucking movie is number one, they're all acting like, yeah, what did I tell you? Captain America fucking bringing it in. 60 mil domestic. Picked up another. <laughs> and you're like, what are you talking about? You know what dude? the average theater gross was, dude? And, and you know, these people who ha ha ended up hating George Lucas because they grew up and George Lucas kept making movies for little kids. Well, they ruined their childhood. I mean, that was his fault. Their childhood's done because of them. Yes, because their their childhood should be done. They're fucking grown people. Not fucking dressing up like some kind of fucking Starship fucking trooper and going to Comic-Con. I wish Starship Troopers was as popular as Star Wars. Life wow. would be a lot better. I thought it was. Uh, Robert, you're in Memphis. Hey, what's up, guys? Love your show. Yeah. Hey, I was going to tell you the uh, main thing you're talking about the media. I think you're totally right because I know last year when Dallas came to the Texans to play Houston, it was a big riot happened. I mean, they were throwing beer bottles and everything. But before the game, leading up to that game, all the radio stations in Houston were like, y'all need to go out there and represent. Y'all don't need to let these Dallas people come in here and punk you guys. So I think it's also with the media, you know? No, well, because the media, sports radio, is nothing more than fans. It's fans with microphones now. It, it there used to be a thing where you, where anyone who worked in broadcasting would not let themselves associate with the team. You know, Vince Scully didn't start fucking crying when his fucking team lost or fucking screaming yeah in your face when his <laughs> team won. He felt like he was a professional broadcaster. Now, sports radio has become this fucking fake voice fucking radio show where everybody's, we're going to fucking lay them out. Where you're not doing anything. You're not fucking playing. Some guy 20 years younger than you who didn't even grow up in your fucking town is going to be playing. You fake assholes. It's all fucking pretend. And now we're going to take the leap up, uh, uh, ahead that this is got something to do with the English riots. That's fucking crazy talk. It's the same shit that's happened. In the same way that when I was a kid, if you walked into the other neighborhood or the other neighbor, somebody from the other neighborhood walked into yours, you couldn't fucking do it. You could hang out with black kids at school, but they couldn't come visit you and you couldn't come visit them. And they're like, hey, you want? They'd be like, hey, we should do something. You're like, mm, I don't know, dude. It's not gonna work. I'm gonna feel a little fucking bad if you walk over. And knock on my fucking door and see how everybody acts. 
Why don't we just hang out here? Yeah, what's this good? We're school buddies. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> um, and that's how they're acting. I mean, this is really about the fact that people from Oakland think one thing about people in San Francisco and people in San Francisco think one thing about the people in Oakland. This is as old as the fucking dirt you're walking on. And it's all bullshit. Uh, Matt, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie V. Yeah. Uh, just the, the point you just captured about people from San Francisco thinking people from Oakland or one thing, it, this is less about sports and more about just human territoriality and things. I mean, neighbors all over the world hate each other, beat the shit out of each other. I used to live in in Sweden, and the Swedes and Finns used to beat the shit out of each other. I mean, what do they have to be pissed off at one another about? No, no, you're exactly right. And the weird thing is, is like people talk about racism as if it were, you know, an American fucking problem. And then you find out the Tutsis and the Tutsis, two fucking black people will have fights. The Northern Irish... And the fucking uh, and Catholics in the Prades and Northern Ireland who look exactly the fucking same, the same exact fucking face stamp and somehow figure out a way to be against each other, rocking their colors. It's the same shit. People are basically dicks. You're, th- the whole point of having sports is a place to go blow off fucking steam. And that's what these fucking morons are doing. They just got too big to do it anymore. <laughs> um, here's Greg. Greg, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I, think, uh, I think it was last year, like, a little kid was at a Jets and Browns game in Cleveland. And the, the little eight-year-old Jets fan got shoved to the ground. He got tackled for walking across wearing yeah. a fucking Jets jersey. And the retarded fucking nature of that is, like, you turn on sports radio in New York then... And start fucking hearing people saying, like, we're going to get them. And we're going to fuck them up for what to do. And you're like, again, dude, what you, you're blaming a city on what one moron, drunken moron did in a fucking parking lot? He represents the entire town. Look, do you want fucking safety at these games? You got to have Ryan Gosling there. Ryan Gosling should be at every fucking game looking out for people, protecting people. And by the way, there is no way in the world. I'm taking a fucking eight-year-old to a fucking football game. I'm not going to put him in that kind of fucking heat. I don't understand guys who take their chicks to the game. You got to be ready to fucking throw it out. That's like taking your fucking broad out to shoot pool in a fucking biker's bar. Oh, then everything's going to go straight here, honey. Don't worry. Um, here is uh, here's Sean, Texas. Sean, my face. Hey. Hey, we went to the uh, uh, the Mayweather Hatton fight in Vegas. Uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Ricky Hatton, and uh, at December the eighth, two thousand and eight, Vegas uh, arena. Anyhow, he uh, Ricky Hatton, all his followers are uh, you know, there's Manchester United, and we were walking around the arena before the fight, and there's four guys, you know, tall white guys, and they're all dressed up in tuxedos, and they've got uh, blackface on, and they've got black with black wigs on. And it was like the most shocking thing that we'd, we'd seen in a, in a while. You know, the so they just guys. show up wearing blackface <laughs> to get into a fucking scrap. No, they, I mean, these guys look, I mean, these are classy tuxedos. They look, you know, my brother mentioned to me, he said, you know, these guys got to have a little bucks and a little brain to get fr- across the pond, as they say, to come to a sporting event. We've got to keep that in mind. I mean, they just, it's just a difference, uh, you know, different difference of, um, 
don't know. The fucking I, I, retarded. I, 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 Why don't you just yeah, call them what they are? Inbred fucking limey retards. <laughs> uh, Raul, Los Angeles, you're on the Runafest show. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, I just want to give you props for letting everybody know that it's across the board. I always point out Philly fans. I'm a Raider fan. Yeah. And I just go to the game. I watch. I know my third-string quarterback. I know the team. These thugs, they don't know the team. They just like the black colors, you know? I've been to plenty of 49er Raider games. Nothing happens. Taking my wife. Nothing happens. This is a preseason game. It's cheaper. You're going to get the lower-income thugs out there. And that's that's the whole thing. And all of these fights happen, but now everybody's got a camera on their phone. Right. So you see it. And if you look at that video, there's a 49er fan and a Raider fan against another 49er fan and Raider fan. They're all intermingled. I went with my cousin who's a 49er fan, and I got people telling me, oh, you're a sellout, you're a pussy because you're friends with a 49er fan. I said, that's my cousin. You know, the, the blood is thicker than water. I would back him up any day, but I don't go to the game for that. I go to watch the game. I don't even drink, you know, and, and some of these guys show up blitz out of their mind the first quarter it's well, all that mixed up you know and those are the guys look how many years that the that they've shown pictures of the fucking dog pound that they've shown pictures of just the asshole face painting fucking fans now again you take 60,000 fans if only 10,000 of them are drunk fucking ready to scrap guys that's 6,000 fucking people. That's more exactly. fucking people than you're used to ready to fight. Out of them, if only fucking 10% of them are fighting, it's still enough to make TV. It's a fucking brawl. I mean, we're watching, Bra yeah, we're watching 12, 14 guys on fucking TV go at it, but there's also 65,000 fans having nothing to do with this shit. Ron, Ronnie, I equate this to, like, uh, pit bulls in the news. A pit bull bites someone, it's all over the news. A German Shepherd bites someone, you don't hear it. So right. Raider fan gets in a fight, it's on the news because, hey, they're both those badass Raider fans again. All right, peace, man. Yep. Uh, and again, I don't know why we don't equate the wearing the fucking jersey to the gang colors. We don't let the fucking kids wear gang colors because we don't want shit to start. And then there the parents are wearing gang colors. Do you know, no one fucking showed up wearing a Joe DiMaggio fucking shirt. Nobody used to wear fucking Namath gear. It's a relatively new thing. But I swear to God to you, you show up now wearing your regular fucking clothes. People are going, dude, what the fuck? You don't fucking support? Shut up. Do you even care? Don't fucking worry about what I do. Turn around, you face painter. Hold up your fucking sign. Defense. That somehow has Fox fucking put into it, you cock. And it's a DN offense. Unless the <laughs> word actually starts with X, then the Fox poster shouldn't be allowed. I don't know why we need posters on fucking TV. I'm going to start bringing robot posters to Fox Broadcasting. Because game. some fucking idiot wants to be on fucking television. I got to sit behind a guy fucking holding it up. Holding up cardboard? Fucking obnoxious, pricks. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here's bartender, PA. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Yeah. Hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Steelers fan, but this is probably not the proudest moment of the Steelers fans. Uh, I was pissing at a game, Browns-Steelers game one time, and uh, I watched a guy dressed as Santa Claus get the just living shit kicked out of him. You know, because these guys, you know, they're just wound up, and I think he said, Santa said he was a Browns fan, they just beat the crap out of him. But, you know, that's what you get, I guess. I see, I saw, I swear to God, a cop fucking holding on to a guy's leg. 
uh, to keep him from fans throwing him off the fucking tier in Philadelphia. The cop had a hold of this fucking guy's leg because they were throwing him off the fucking side. Jesus. They were going to fucking chuck him. And the cop is fucking Murder screaming and fucking for backup. What the fuck? No, that might have fucking stopped it off. This fucking guy could have been sacrificed. Officer killed him. And I'm guaranteeing a couple of those guys are like, fuck it. He's going over the fucking side. Um, here's Nate. Nate, you're on the fence. Hey, Ron, it boils down to just a complete lack of respect. Like, if these assholes aren't fighting, they're getting drunk and telling their buddies, hey, I'm around the field. Like, I go to games. I'm a fan. I watch Sun Valley beat the shit out of Chichester every year. I don't run out there. I don't get drunk and party. I feel like beating the fuck out of everybody from Sun Valley. Fuck Aston. Fuck Brookhaven. Fuck all those fucking yard motherfuckers. Let's take a fucking road trip. Why don't you all go out in your fucking swimming pools? It's a road trip, this thing. Everybody visit. But, you know, there used to be this thing of having respect for the game. Who would respect this fucking game? Who would respect these fucking idiots? Debauchery in the stands. It's just people getting drunk. There was a very good uh, thing on Grantland yesterday with uh, Mal Malcolm Gladwell. He wrote this fucking article about how the basketball owners were saying they can't make money at the game under these prices. And Gladwell's fucking thing was... You're not supposed to make money off of it. This is not... You're supposed to make your money somewhere the fuck else, and this is how you spend your money. It's like saying, I'm not making money off my fucking yacht, you know? You're so, this is a fucking chance for you who fucking made all your money in fucking paper clips to now fucking make up for the fact that you got a small dick, buy a fucking team, lose it now. Now you lose your fucking money until you fucking... Now, by the way, he said it better than me. He said it a little less fucking crudely than I did. No, you got but it is a very good fucking point. That was a great article. And yet, we sit around in this fucking country, and every single time, it's the players against the owners, the fans side with the owners. The same fucking people fuck you in the ass decade after decade. It's insane for anyone to side with them. It's always killed me. That you can call that thing the New York Yankees, and it's never been the New York Yankees. It's the fucking Steinbrenner family Yankees. And they should be forced to use the name Steinbrenner family. Oh, that'd be that weird. Should, but they should have to fucking name themselves after the fucking owner and see how fucking well you draw. Because you're, you're buying into this fake fucking thing of that's our team. Cockfucks. Sports in this country is so fucked up, and it's only getting bigger. Oh, there's no stopping it. I mean, wh why would it get smaller at this point? In that same article, it's like he put, put that no one ever pays less for a fucking sports team. It always goes up, like a third of an amount or whatever the last person paid for it. So sure. It, it's always going to be fucking That's where you money. make your money when you fucking sell it. It's like <laughs> having a beach house. You fucking keep it for 10 years, then you sell it and figure out, now what are we going to do? Now I miss the house. You know, I got the money. But you ain't, there's only so much of that beach property. Where am I going to summer now? Well, it's always the excuse they can't make money unless they have a new stadium. Then when the new stadium comes, they're still not making money. Again, why do they need to make money? What the fuck do they need to make money for? Don't get in that fucking business if what you want to do is make money. It ain't about that. It's about the fucking sport. If you get in the, in the yacht racing business, you ain't making any money. 
It's like achieving your dream. Like, I always wanted to own a sports franchise, and I did it. Right. And now I I'm did broke. that by selling out my fucking software company. <laughs> that fucking idiot up in Seattle doesn't give a shit. No, fuck no. Gates or fucking any of the Google guys, they could buy multiple fucking sporting fucking franchises. They don't give a shit. And what are they going to do? Sit around and gouge people making 32 a year? But the fucking sports fans fall in the line. Well, it's all about these rich fucking players. I would love to play. If it was up to me, I'd play for free. Yeah, well, you blow. You could go out and play for free now. No one would go watch you. There's a lot of fucking dudes that are 30 that fucking play for free. Their chicks show up and talk to each other. Um... Well, those guys really love the game. Jeff, you're on my face. Hey, guys. Yeah. You know, I, I actually agree with Fez to, to an extent. I, Fez, I, I don't think the riots are going to spill over into the streets, but I, I think there's just a general just down feeling unrest in the country. And, and when you look at your sports teams, well... Well, let, let's go for you personally. Do you feel a general unrest? Are you feeling violent? I, I don't feel that So way. you're above everybody else. It's these other animals that you feel like are like this, but not you. I mean, what are you basing your general unrest for on? I, I, I think you're looking at the economy and job situations, and, and you know, my, my money doesn't go as, as far as it does. You know, I, but you're I, able to handle it because you're sophisticated, and it's all the other people that are acting like fucking animals. Just admit it if it's you. Just fucking admit it. Uh, Chris, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Zero Fez. Um, I just wanted to say yesterday, Ron, you were, you were saying that, uh, Bravo wasn't responsible for that ham and agger killing himself. And yet today you're saying that the TV uh, stations are responsible for. No, I don't say any, I, I don't say anybody's responsible for the people in there. What I'm saying is this. If you sit around and you act like we've got to get fired up, we've got to fucking show these guys. Then you're surprised when people get fired up. That's just fucking stupid talk. And to now suddenly try to turn it in to economic things or anything other than what it is, it's guys who identify with that fucking sports team more than they do their own job. And it's always been that way. Fucking people in Philadelphia would always boo and fucking demand the best when I look over and I go, you're not fucking demanding the best out of yourself. <laughs> I, I'll fucking sit on this show and hear people run down people who don't give 100 fucking percent. And I'll think to myself, what percentage are you giving? Are you giving 100? But they will, they, they will not fucking put up with that from their fucking quarterback. They demand that their quarterback fucking make every great fucking play. And you, this is the thing of old oh, people respect the game. You'll fucking go to games and you'll hear someone yell like fucking Tom Brady sucks. Now you can say to yourself, I don't like fucking Tom Brady or I don't like the Patriots or I like to root against them. But to make the statement that this guy sucks oh, he's, means he's you don't even slightly understand the fucking game. They'll tell you the Manning fucking blows. What? No. Do you watch fucking these games at all? Sure do. I represent my team, dog. He's a pussy. He's a faggot. He fucking blows. He, 
That's not the fucking point. The point is you're trying to beat the fucking best player out there. The guy doesn't suck. No, yeah. Exact opposite. Um, let's go over to Kyle in Boston. You're on first. Hey, what's going on, guys? You're talking about, like, the jerseys and being, like, gang colors and stuff like that. I spend a decent amount of time over in the U.K. And, like, up in Northern Ireland, most of the bars and shops, they have signs on the front doors that you're not allowed to wear the soccer jerseys or any colors like that for it's just you know with the catholics and protestants each have their own teams right it's 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 crazy yeah they actually do that like in scotland with the celtic and the rangers where for years you couldn't be of a different religion and belong to that fucking team and i mean it's not that fucking long that they're starting to get past that jesus christ and then they do weird shit over there like fucking sing the weirdest songs you've ever heard yeah. for no apparent reason. They get the old intricate lyrics. Yeah, but you'll hear an entire fucking yeah. stadium singing I'll Never Walk Alone. And you're like, this <laughs> fucking song doesn't even fire people up. Um, Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Scott. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Pennsylvania area of the Sneer show. I think the biggest thing that's going on right now is the, the stadium's got to start holding some accountability and maybe the league having the back. I uh, played football in college. My son to a game, an Eagles game two years ago, he had on a Chicago Bears shirt. The Eagles were playing the Vikings, and he wore a Bears shirt in there, and he had people saying, little faggot, little wearing this, little wearing that. And it's one of those, like, you're not even playing the fucking Bears, and you're laying into this nine-year-old kid. It's a it's a show that I think people go more to tell their friends they can act dicks at games, well, yeah. more than actually go and watch the game. The whole thing about the crowd mentality is suddenly you take on the strength of the crowd. It's not about you yourself who wouldn't be doing any of this, but you and the crowd. You feel the power of that fucking crowd. That's fucking ridiculous. Denageek is asking this question. I don't even know who this is. It's a uh, denageek.com. It's kind of a sci-fi fanboy website. Staying in, in fucking making this a theme. Um, so they're asking, has a CGI monster or alien ever actually been frightening in a movie? That you need the action, you need like a, a creature that's been created, not something that's computer generated, for it to be scary. And I think those raptors in Jurassic Park, those were scary as hell. What year did that come out? Oh, what? 90s, right? I don't know. Was it like a 93? Yeah, pro probably close to that. Did you write into them? No, I didn't. You ought to. I thought that those. Raptors... You ought to use the fucking name Raptor Fan at AOL.com. Scared Raptor Fan. Um, <laughs> that's true. Scared Raptor Fan. They're terrifying. Fed. Yeah, I know. They're going to get you. Uh, here's uh, Mel. Mel in California, you're on fest. Yes, hello, fellas. Love you all. Look, Thanks. this has been going on since the 80s, man. Back Raptors? Uh, no, no, the Ra the Raiders, the Raiders. Oh. Back when the Raiders were in California, they had to stop selling beer at the Coliseum because the fans were so damn stupid. Around halftime or third quarter, 
they wouldn't sell beer. I'm a truck driver also. About six or seven years ago, I was in Oakland right after a Raiders game, and these fucking idiots set a bonfire on International Boulevard. Anybody in Oakland knows where I'm talking about. That street runs a couple of blocks behind the uh, uh, stadium, and these fools setting bonfires in the middle of the street. This mess has been going on for years. The fans are idiots. That's why I stopped going to the game. And that's why they claim that the Raiders are the bad boys of football, and that's where all the losers – well, I don't want to get into any fight going, but that's where all these ex-football players go as they can't play anywhere else. And it's, it's just sad that now you can't even take your family to a football game, or I wouldn't even go to a game at all. No, I would never here. take my fucking family to a football game. I think it's yeah. the fucking stupidest fucking thing. Uh, all right, thanks. Um only because now you got to fucking worry about protecting them. You can't fucking sit. You know what I mean? Now you got to keep come an eye up out. With, off. Yeah, because someone's throwing fucking beer. There's a website called triplexchurch.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, their mission is to- topless churches. No, you would think. Well, actually, I would think that. Well, that's what they want. They want people to see the name, the three mm. X's, and go there by mistake because it's not a pornography site. It's to help Christians get over pornography and not look at it online. One of their features is software that if you do look at porn, it'll automatically send an email to your faith buddy telling you that um, that person has looked at porn. Faith buddy? What's that? It's a guy like if you're jerking off, you fucking jerk off each other. Oh, so I guess he gets jealous that you're looking at porn. Right now, I got a faith no more, buddy. <laughs> him and I hang out together. You want it all, but you can't have it. It would be very odd if you had to announce every time you looked at porn. Uh, it's kind of the same thing as like AA has set up where you got somebody that you're supposed to call before you have a drink it's the way like the two of you can try to battle it together they don't call it faith buddies there though one suggestion was having your spouse as your faith buddy what if she wants to look with porn with you then the emails are just going to be going off your mailbox is full uh, you're Scott. Scott, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. I, uh, it's, it's funny how the group mentality can change. I took my son down to the swamp to watch Tennessee play Florida one time, and it was we were in the middle of nothing but Gator fans, and I knew it could turn rough. So before the game started, I stood up and I said, hey, I'm going to concession stand. Does anybody need anything? And they all looked at me like I was like I just hit them with a shovel. And one guy starts to reach his wallet and goes, will you give me a Bud Light? And I said, hey, this one's on me. Before the end of the day, they were buying us drinks. It was a great, it was a great experience. Yeah. From, uh, and that just happened to work out that one day for you like that. I would never take that as here's the way to make this work 100% of the time. No fucking way. No fucking way. I'm glad it worked out for you. But don't think that you're going to wear those colors and become buddies with people. All the time, not going to happen. Brian, you're on the Run Fest show. Uh, Ron, I got two stories here. One, we I used to go to the football games with my family when I was a kid. Um, we went as Bills fans down to the Jets, and my family they watched their car. They took all the stickers off. We weren't allowed to wear our colors to the team. 
that way it's okay. But, I mean, recently I've seen so much violence in the games, people throwing beers in people's faces. I'd say the one alternative you have if you want to watch a good game is to go to West Point. If you go to West Point, you can bring your family there. I've never seen a violent thing. I've never seen a bad thing ever happen at their college football games. Well, that's because these are actually student-athletes, one of the few places in this country with pure student-athletes are the academies because they're first and foremost there for the education and what they plan on doing with it. And and they also don't define themselves by their sports teams. Where the Gators, that the University of Florida is fucking so many bright, smart fucking things going on at that school, but they define themselves by this fucking football team. This one's a small part of it. It's a very difficult school to even get in. Really? Yeah, it's a very fucking tough school to get into. Damn. Um, but Tebow already has a plaque up there. Um, you hate Tebow, don't you? I'm just not a fan. Run and gun. None. Uh, Liam Gallagher is suing his brother, Noel, for saying he was too hungover to perform at a show in 2009. And all he wants is an apology. He wants a court-ordered apology. I feel like he's wasting everyone's time. Stop clogging up the courts. Well, even if it's court-ordered, you know your brother's not going to mean it. Yeah, I'm real sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry that happened. I mean, they're not. There, there can't be court ordered sincerity. Fuck that, I'm a Blur fan. That's only because of the gorillas. That's the only reason why you were. You weren't before that. You fucking know it. Park Life was a good album. Then why are you playing the fucking song people are going to know? Why are you playing Oasis? Hey, we're talking about the Gallagher Brothers. Uh, another hero movie star, uh, Kate Winslet, saved uh, Richard Branson's mother when his... Uh, wow, career... Richard Branson's mother's still alive? How old is she, a million? Who knows? Uh, uh, apparently his uh, a vacation home in the Caribbean caught on fire. Caribbean. So they had to get everybody out, and Kate Winslet helped carry out his 90-year-old mother. That's more she, than she did for Jack. Finally stopped letting people go, huh, Kate? So, and then you had uh, the Ryan Gosling that you mentioned breaking up the street fight in New York. I was wondering, who do you think is the bigger hero? Kate. See, I think Gosling is. Did you see the Gosling thing? Uh-huh. He just said stop. Yeah. She fucking actually saved a life. Yeah, and she was like on a fucking island. With, yeah. Like, they need to like, rescue people. He was in New York. He just butted in. Yeah, that's a good much. fucking point. You weren't going to be able to get a fire department <laughs> to show up there. See, she had to act. She had to do something or the old lady was going to burn. Gosling didn't know what he was walking into. And I, he did also it. didn't know where he was shopping. Oh, what the fuck he's dressed like? Cracker Jack fucking bucks? It's like he's some sort of 1900s lifeguard. <laughs> That's really fucking funny. That is fucking funny. I think he just came what from part a horse of jumping is that? event. That was uh, Astor Play or St. Mark's. Ah. I guess he can dress like that there. That's accepted. Uh, some party clowns are saying they're tired. <laughs> Wait, let's just stop at that. Some party clowns are. And they're acting like that's fucking normal. They're, say, they're tired of the clown prejudice that's out there. The clowns are creepy. Oh, yeah, you know who's behind that? Who's that? Blacks. 
So they said that it just <laughs> doesn't listen to me. It says, "Go ahead, read your thing. I want it, then I'll comment. Read it and then I'll comment." That it's um, a re- it's a um, a rather new phenomenon that it didn't used to be that way. They blame Stephen King for having a scary clown in one of his books. Well, there actually just became more entertainment. People like clowns before they had fucking cartoons on TV. Oh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of entertainments when, when clowns were big. And they're saying that um, it's all made up, that this is another media hype thing, that people really don't have this fear or hate of clowns that is put out there. Uh, here's Anthony. Anthony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing today? Yeah. Um, a bunch of my friends and uh, Jet fans who went down to New Orleans two seasons ago uh, to uh, the Jets at the Saints. And uh, we were getting heckled at first in the stands, you know, just kind of normal, you know, I guess, you know, visitor team stuff. But uh, the fans actually said, they go, you know, if you want us to stop, you know, we'll stop. You know, we just want you guys to have a good time in our stadium, oh, like our city. I mean, it was unbelievable how nice these guys were. Uh, so you go underwater for a while and you're going to get that way. Uh, Dwight Ermanifest. Hey, Dwight. Oh, yeah, morning, guys. Hey, uh, if you guys want to take, you guys want a place to take your kids and family to a game, take them to uh, Lambeau Field. Why? I don't want my kids to freeze to death. <laughs> the fans are very passionate and excited up there. But, Why don't you uh, just fucking say they're white fans? Why don't you just get that out of the way and say it? Because that's oh. where you're fucking leading with it, Dwight. <laughs> we all know. Only black people are on the field, then you guys high-five. You know, there's all kinds of fucking racism, Dwight. Terrible. You don't have to fucking use the N-word to actually be thinking it. Awful. I understand. I saw this horrible thing in the elevator yesterday where people from another office in this building, in the elevator, and the girl what is... Did you, hold on. What did you say? Uh, I mean, like a rape. That would be awful. <laughs> that, well, that, that would be horrible. This just falls under awful, I think. So the girl is talking about how she was in the elevator one day with Deepak Chopra who must have been leaving here. And the guy said to her, I don't know who that is. She got very uh, um, insistent that he should know who he is because the guy she was talking to was Indian. And she was, she was, she actually said, you of all people should know who Deepak Chopra is. It was very embarrassing to be on the elevator. And he kept saying he didn't, and she kept insisting. Mm. You should have said you didn't know either. Yeah. No. That would have been, get yourself involved. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever heard of Deepak Chopra. Whore. Oh, you talking about elevator skank? whore. Huh? Stop this up. It's a great story, though. I loved it. Uh, Joe, you're on Run Fez. Hey, what's up, Ronnie B? You sound like a million bucks today, sir. What can I do for you, Joe? All right, I was a kid. I used to spend all my, uh, spent a lot of time in Scotland and Glasgow. I have a lot of family from there. Sure, rich Every, uh, About 98% of them are Celtic fans. The other 2% are uh, Rangers. Rangers. Fans. First game I ever went to, I got a pint glass broken over my head. And the second game I ever went to was with my uncle, who was a Rangers fan, and my other uncle, who was a Celtic fan. And I got to watch them duke it out in the parking lot. Go to this thing, six-year-old Celtics fan in uh, on YouTube. Yeah, they get fucking crazy there. Uh, and I, I actually, when I watch that, it's like both sides are dicks. Yeah, they are. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on the Celtics side just for you know my own personal fucking um, history. 
That's the only reason why. Nothing fucking works here, does it? It's time to shut it down. I watch this little kid. Six years old. Hold on, let's stop it for a second. Is that the craziest shit you've ever seen? They fucking get into this, they're fun little kid like he's Hitler, then they fucking break into Yankee Doodle Dandy, and they all live in fucking Scotland. And we're worried about our fucking country <laughs> and what we do. Fuck no. They we're light years ahead. Organized. Um, that was all I had. The Celtics? Uh, it is the Ron Fez Show... On what we're now calling Tuesday. Twofer. And to stop any kind of prejudice in this country, I'm going to be on the fucking front lines. Tuesday now becomes Jews Day on wow. the Run of Fez show. Uh, every week? Every week. Dedicated to the Jews? Yes. All right. Anti-defamation leagues are going to love this. They should. And then maybe I'll run over to Israel and do one of them Glenn Beck gigs. Like, that's fucking helping. This is going to be big. Tuesday. Watch for it. <laughs> Every Tuesday. <laughs> all Jews, all the time. Burger, you're on the Run of Fez show. Well, uh, happy Tuesday, and I want to appreciate Thanks. Henry Hill for really sticking his neck out there and getting uh, his friend laid, so... uh but yeah, I know I was talking about uh, Cowboys and Texans fans being down south. You know, you don't really hear them get any troubles. I they know they both blow. Ah, well, uh, Texans are going to be a force this year, and uh, hopefully you get uh, Arian Foster first pick. I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, I'm oh, oh, sorry. Man. I thought they were fucking talking Texas football. God, nothing worse. It's a joke. Dallas is a basketball town. Let's fucking face facts. It's not a football town at all. It's a basketball town. Damn straight. Fuck Romo. So you out, Fez? Done? Yeah. All right, it is the run of Fez show. Do we work out Thursday? Not going to happen? Either one? Either time? What can you, what can, can you follow what I'm talking about, Hicks? It's uh, during this show, but oh, not. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we just do it in there? There's no space. I was told we had it worked out. Well, that's a mistake. That is a fucking mistake. All right, we break here. It's the Ron and Fez show. The Ron and Fez show.
Run a face show. Uh, that was a little of uh, Nick Ashford's uh, uh, stuff before he became Ashford and Simpson. Was a very big uh, Motown writer. That fucking song was huge. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was fucking huge. What do you think? Gigantic. I'm trying to go over some of the fucking songs here. He wrote for Teddy Pendergrass, Brother Johnson. Wrote for Rufus and Chaka Khan. Uh, wrote for Gladys Knight, Smokey. It's a fucking big career. Yeah. He was in the market near my house one day at the Gourmet Garage. Ooh. And he looked like one of those fucking lions from Lion King just stopped by, man. He's just this big man. <laughs> what, was, uh, what was he picking up? Well, he was getting some nice fruit for himself. All right. Good. Stay healthy. And some th- throat cancer medicine. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, wow. He wrote fucking Destination Anywhere for the Marvelettes. It's a fucking great song. Jesus. That's, That's fucking strong. Uh, we still doing the uh, 
mixtape review today? Yeah, I got my mixtape. Because of that fucking stupidity, I got tons of fucking people who sent me their own personal mixtape. <laughs> as well as, and I'm not even making this up, 18 fucking different songs to download from Lady Trucker. Oh, Lady Trucker. She's very... Are they all Convoy? Um, I, I saw this on the street. I think really good posture is more frightening than bad posture. No. Hold on. Where the guy that stands... All right, now, I just want you to comment on it, Zietz, because I see it bounce off the wall. What's your inner voice telling you? My inner voice is like, why didn't you just bring up your mixtape? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Because he's not listening to anyone else. I don't think well. You know, you're just not in the moment. That's all. You had like, it's a planned thing to tell us rather than being here. It's fine. I like it that way. Hicks has the posture of a fucking Marine, so I got no problems with that. That's right. I got to fucking keep my eye out. A dead Marine. Oh. One of those guys that was floating on the fucking beach at Hiroshima. Oh, fuck. That's how I fall asleep every night. You have to go floating? <laughs> so you saw a lot of good posture, huh, Fezzi? Yeah, the the, the people that stand too straight, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're as odd as anyone who's slouch-shouldered. It's kind of a robot walk that they get going. Uh, Hicks, the Bob, remember we talked about Bob Forrest yesterday? Oh, yeah. And me saying, while you guys are fucking putting down all the great work Dr. Drew does, Mm -hmm. Bob Forrest fucking has helped more fucking people. Is the man. Yeah. Never runs out. Always is prepped and ready. Always in the moment. There's a documentary out on his life. Why haven't I seen it yet? It's in the works to get you a beautiful screener for it. So you can check it out. It's called Bob the Monster. It looks awesome. The man's gone through the fucking ringer. Holy shit. That's why he's the best at what he does. Yeah, he's fucking... He was one of the West Memphis Three. That's how fucking bad his life's been. Holy shit. How do you have time for a music career with all his prison time? He does everything. (laughs) He takes care of everything. Uh, Rich, you're on of Fez. Hey, Fezzi, actually, I think her posture, good posture, is very important. I mean, for instance, if you're going to be a standalone fruit, you better stand up straight. Hmm. Let's get in the mixtape talk. Okay. Hicks, you feel like you won this? I, um, I've, I'll tell you. Oh, even this, up until this morning, right before the show, I was swap, swapping things out, rearranging orders. And I feel like I got a, a co- I'm happy and confident with this mixtape that I put together for you. I feel very happy about it. I mean, I've like swap like I maybe I'll go with a theme. Now I just fucking swap that out. Chicane, no theme goes, at all. Oh no, no, I ended up with one, but there's ones I fucking. I Is the theme rain rain songs? <laughs> no, no rain songs, no rain songs. But I finally I got some together. Love all right, it. so you're gonna be number one on this. Oh, awesome! I won number one. I won that yeah. one spot. Good. I'll lead this fucker off. Now the way this works is five song mixtape. Yeah. And it's making a mixtape for Ronnie B. That's right. Now, is this like you're in love with me or just like, hey, you're my buddy? You're my buddy. Or you're trying to get my attention at school. <laughs> Here, listen to this. Trust me. Now, would you not agree if a guy gives you uh, a gives a girl mixtape, he wants to have sex with her? Um, Yeah. I mean, So you on. would not allow anyone to give a mixtape to your chick? 
I mean, they could, but fucking, I'll know what their fucking motive is. Is there, have you ever given a mixtape to somebody you didn't want to have sex with? <laughs> no. Fuck that. Well, as, you know, as opposed you know, today, I'm giving you a mixtape, but, you know. I want to pass that out to the world. Is there such a, now, should a guy ever make a mixtape for another guy? Have we all, are we already fucking playing, were we gender bending here by what we're doing for my one year anniversary? And I've now spread this out into a week. And by the way, uh, remember who I did the Unmasked with last year? When the when the burst appendix, Mr. Michael McCann. I understand. Yesterday, he asked about me on the one year anniversary. Oh my God! Some uh, buddy said, and he said he did not have any idea that it had happened. He had only found out about it later, and now saying, "How's he doing?" What Pe a people take a, a fucking year normally get over appendix. <laughs> it's nice. You and fucking Squiggy should have been in there with the Sports Illustrated. Yeah, really. Actually, By the way, it's like speaking of clowns, it's like fucking clown car watching how many people are coming out of shade 45. It's, it's crazy in there. They really pack them in. Well, the posses and whatnot. Entourage. Remember we used to have our big fucking studio? You could really pack it out? Oh, my we God. We were so happy on 57th. Just jam fucking full. Holy shit. I used to love that place. It was the shit. Pre-Zito. Pre-Zitz. P-Z. Back when fucking business was the business. XM, baby, throw it up. Throw up that X. XM were the fucking Raiders Nation of satellite radio. Fights were constantly breaking out in that studio. How long has it been since we've seen Wiki, by the way? Speaking Holy of which. shit, he's fucking just hammered down in yeah, D.C. Yeah, he's, he's just down there constantly. Bogged down. Don Wiki Wicklin, you were our buddy. That's right. Now. You, lo you love this in a way Rob Cross never has. Oh, fuck no. Uh-uh. Wiki used to take me out to dinner once a month on a minimum. I Rob mean, once waved to me as a fucking, I was going by in a cab. Oh, that's, that's how close we are. That's just fucking insulting. By the way, I got to talk to Rob and see if we want to do mu new music day again one day. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, those always go fucking really well. I don't know if they always go well. Oh, I think they go well. Everybody loves new music. You're just being nice to me today because you know I'm frustrated about something else. No, I'm not being nice. You know what I'm frustrated honest. about. I understand, and it's fucking. It sucks, big fat cock. Some people might take that as a positive, not me. But there's some people here who might. I know I'm talking uh, to. Let's go into our mixtape. <laughs> now you said you did this with a theme. Oh yeah, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. All right, so this is a marriage. It's a marriage of fantastic music for. Mr. Ron Bangton. You've, you've named four things in a five-song fucking mixtape. There's a couple repeats, but I think that, that, that it sounds good, though. All right, so something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Then something new, then something borrowed again. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so the first song, yeah. it's going to be, a night, it's going to build. This is a song that's building, building. Right. It's Where Were You by the Mekons. All right, let's take a listen.
let me already tell you, number one, you're fucking in the pocket, dude. I feel like we're starting train spotting, too, and All everything's right. fucking Fuck happening. Yeah. You it. know, we're, we live in some kind of northern town. Oh, yeah. It's gray. No mm-hmm. one knows exactly what's going on, but... Is the hero a little too good for this? Is he ready to get out? <laughs> All right, so number one, where were you? Mekon's very, very nice start. All right, that was the old. Now we're coming in with the new. Yeah. Now I'm slowing it down a little bit. Already? I'm, I'm going. It's, it's, it's going to be a ride. This is okay. a ride right now. Okay. So we, now we're going with the new, some, something new from Sally Ford and the Sound Outside, a song called Against the Law. All right, uh, now it's again, Hicks. That's uh, Sally Ford in The Sound Outside. Uh, Against I, the Walls, the song. I can only tell you that there is a feeling of coolness that if you set into this mixtape, okay? <laughs> and that if I was a girl, I'd be like, what does he mean by this? I'd be going like that. I'd be playing this over for my girlfriends. But do you think this means that? No, he's really nice, but he's kind of shady. <laughs> You know, like, maybe he needs something else. All right, but there's a fucking coolness is going to be tough to beat. A coolness that is going to be tough to beat because it already has a fucking feel. I think it's a great sound, I think, so far. I think we're going to be, yeah, no doubt about it. This becomes an important song now, three. This is the something borrowed, something mm. blue ver- uh, piece of this whole thing. It's all over now, Baby Blue, Van Morrison. You must leave now, take what you need, you think will last. Understands your orphan with his gun Crying like a fire in the sun Look out baby, the saints are coming through And it's all over now all right, this is definitely the highway. The the song so far. Uh, we're definitely we're, we're shooting bags and we're just fucking relaxing. It's a relaxed day. That's right. And we're fucking wa- watching that wild horse run back and forth. <laughs> that fucking white pony. 
that is fucking the only thing worth living for is with us today. Hicks, you were on a fucking roll, dude. And I'm starting to, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to, like, jinx a perfect game. So I'm just like, uh-oh, look at that. You don't see that happen every day. Because, seriously, he's throwing fucking strikes on this. This, is, this has become totally exciting to me. All right, so now we're at this plateau. We've, we've started high. We went down low. We're growing wrong. Now we're going to build it back up, mm -hmm. starting with something else that's new. The Devil Never Sleeps by Iron and Wine. feel somewhat like and it's abrupt turn now like we're breaking format a little bit okay um, I, I, I can see where that's coming from but i was digging this song a lot i don't even know the tune yeah uh but it i'm liking where we, i like every song so far okay i'm just i'm worried that we broke that theme i'm like what the fuck <laughs> now what are we doing now are we smoking pot suddenly yeah, did that fucking happen a little bit sure yeah I'm, i wasn't i thought we were going in a different direction <laughs> All right, and now up to five. This up to five. Up to five. This is the closer. I was gonna. I was gonna end like I began. Seventies driving punk. It's a clash. I fought the law. To end this out. Ends it with the clash. Uh, very, very strong picks. I only think, though, your first three were so different from your second two. And again, that's only on first listening. All right. I'll take now, that. I can only tell you this, though. If we were doing some kind of 
uh, playlist fucking game on TV. There's no way you. Get, I tell you right now, I'm 99% sure you're safe. All right, I okay. can't imagine right, you're good. not being safe. Good. Thank God. Uh, because it's very, very strong. Fuck. Dusty, you're on the Run of Fez show. Just want to say Hicks knocked it out of the park with the exception of that Clash song. I hadn't heard any of those, and I'm going straight to iTunes. Nice job, Chris. All right. Uh, by the way, we'll put this up on 202 Friends uh, when we're done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was surprised you ended with The Clash. Because you had us with some, uh, hey, what's he up to? No, yeah, I, I, but I felt like I had to throw some in that, well, I don't ground people. I thought maybe, I, I thought I was not, I was worried about throwing in the new music, so I figured I'd throw something in. Maybe that was, that was you, my fault. You made a mistake worried. to worry. Yeah. You made a mistake to worry because you're the new music show. Okay. All right, good. You would be doing that one hour a week that we give away on Sunday afternoons <laughs> called new, like, either Local X or the new music <laughs> or What's Poppin'. Oh, I'll take what's popular. Um That was fucking strong. Right. Where were you? Uh, what was the Sally Ford song called again? Against the Law. Against the Law, which I dug. Of course, one of my all-time favorite songs, uh, Van the Man, covering Dylan. And then The Devil Never Sleeps, Iron and Wine. Yeah, and then I fought the Law of the Clash. Uh, very fucking strong. Nice. Um. All right, uh, Matt, you're in the Run of Fish show. Pinks, just want to take my heart off you in that playlist. And then we'll do the Pussy. Oh, come on. Sure, some of them were softer songs. Bubba, you're on the Run of Fish show. Once, twice, Bubba. Gone. Let's go over to Ray. Ray, you're on the Run of Fish. Hey, buddy. Listen, the, the whole reason you make a mixtape in the first place is to is to manipulate somebody's emotions. So when you're doing guy to guy mixtapes, you I mean, and he just confessed he didn't want this and he didn't want that, so he put in some clash. That's like sticking a Barry Manilow in halfway and going, "Hey, that's how that's how cool I am. I can throw in a Barry Manilow." And Sometimes that works like, though. The There's occasionally thing. under the right circumstances that shocking piece works. Listen, also, this, so does a movie clip oh, or a piece of poetry. Yeah, oh yeah, I love a always, fucking movie clip. I always a, a smart movie. idea. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking solid. Uh, John, North Carolina, you're on a fez. Hey, what's up, buddies? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to compliment uh, Pepper, man. Great, great music choices, and uh, you need your own station, cousin Pepper. All right. All right I wouldn't mind saying it. Now, a couple people write doing music clips for another guy's faggish, blah blah blah. Oh come on. Hold on. What if that guy has fucking cancer and he's in the hospital? You know, he's got to kill time. Yeah. What if he's been in a car accident? Then it is perfectly fine to make music for him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something else, though. If a guy's taking a cross-country drive, it's not a bad fucking thing to say here. Take a listen to this. You're going to love it. Now, um, it's not the same exact thing when you're just making a playlist for someone's iPod. Because you lose a little fucking control. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't like that at all. It's totally different, I feel. The mixtape is almost a lost fucking art form. Oh, without a doubt. There's no fucking tapes anymore. Or CDs, even. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely fucking shot. Sad. Sad to see. Mm. I want to contact anyone on fucking iTunes. Fuck that. No, you don't know the other guys, and they didn't know yours, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so, Zito, right away, what did you think of Hicks's? I really liked it. I actually especially liked that Iron and Wine song that kind of threw it off for you. Um, 
No, I'm not, not saying that, that the song wasn't great. Every song they played, I thought was terrific. I just thought he lost his... Something borrowed. We're something fucking... Blue. No, 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 not that. The uh, we all just tied off fucking feeling that I was rolling with. <laughs> Suddenly now I'm not ready to wake up again. I just wanted to keep sliding straight down <laughs> that fucking deal. Uh, Fez, what about you? I thought it was okay. Just okay? Yeah, yeah. I think mine is better. Well, we're not dealing with you yet. Okay. Let's just... Okay, three times. But let's just look at Hicks. Were you moved by any of the music? Were you moved by the way you put it together? No, I, I didn't see... Um, I know he said he had a theme. I didn't feel it like oh you were feeling God. that tying off thing. I just didn't get any of it. Well, um, I'll give you a copy. All right, it's... Um, are you putting them all together? Oh, I'm gonna as they come on. I'll put them all together. And yeah, send them over. I send them over, and then she'll, uh, you know, we'll word press it up. All right, time to go over to you, now, Zitz. <laughs> you look nervous. I you feel should be. I feel nervous. All right, I, I my theme was this. Uh, something you know, get you pepped up. No, no pun intended. Pepper and all live tracks. Wow, bring him back a live weekend. That's right. fucking... Right. First of all, let me just say this. Never expect it. Never expected to bring him back wow. a live weekend. All right, so let's jump into this. All right. Now, here's one of your problems with the live stuff, is that the sound quality is never as good no. as a studio album. So they used to fight in radio and say, other than a couple of songs that were known as live versions, don't play the live. But I I love the ballsiness of this. I made it a point to find pretty good versions. Pepper Pepper saw me pretty pretty good <laughs> all over uh, YouTube everywhere. I'm gonna kick it off with uh, Fits in the Tantrums, Money Grabber, but featuring everyone's favorite uh, Daryl Hall. Starting off his uh, live stuff, a little uh, fits in the tantrums. Interesting that he would grab a Daryl Hall and throw it in, since he knows I'm a big uh, giant fan of Daryl's house. Mm -hmm. By the way, I saw this. Daryl's got a new solo album coming out. Oh, I want to talk to him about that. Yeah, you know who to talk to. Uh, interesting choice right off the bat. I can't say this. I can't say I'm not impressed because I am. Nice way to start it. Yeah, I like the feature in Daryl Hall. It's very, it's very, very big. Smart move. Yeah, Bezzy? I guess so. You know, I know you're a Daryl fan, so I guess that works on that level. 
All right, let's go. All right, from there, uh, one of my favorite uh, British singers, a guy named James Morrison. This is called uh, Nothing Ever Hurt Like You. The Bring Him Back Alive has suddenly become somewhat of a blue-eyed soul nod. Without a doubt. James Morrison, probably my third favorite Morrison singer. Out of the name Morrison, (laughs) my third favorite. But I've got to say, he's setting up an interesting vibe, Hicks. He definitely definitely is locked into that vibe, without a doubt. This is a car trip song. This is a fucking car trip mixtape that he's making up, you know? Maybe we're heading to the shore. (laughs) All right, can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, can't wait till we get there. Fezzi, what did you think of that one? Uh, The live stuff is starting to lose itself on me. Yeah, that's what it is? Yeah. Not so much the song choices, but production values. Exactly. I'm just not getting, I think, as much as I could have. Um, Somewhat of an explanation. Now, this, I think, there's nothing more important than the third song. Yeah. Because he's got himself in a nice, strong vibe here. He's the anchor. Here we go. Well, that's why I put uh, my favorite there. John Mayer, Steve Jordan, and Pino Palladino, the John Mayer trio, with Who Do You Think I Was? And this one rocks. I love it. Now, Hicks, I'm going to say this to you. He lost me a little because this became about him and less about me, the listener. This became about his obsession that he's never made anything without John Mayer being on there. And it was in the back of my mind, was he going to be able to do it this time? Oh, was that me? I was at the forefront of mine. Like, when's Mayer showing up? Right. The fucking All right. And that's, <laughs> that's a fucking problem. Yeah. That's a problem. That's why I was freaked out about putting... That's why there's no Pixies or White Stripes in my right. list. I was like, they were in there for a second. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> right. I, I got to get this fuck out of my way. Oh, but I wanted to share something with you. No, I get that. I think you do that with, for a girl. But there becomes a thing of obsession. There becomes <laughs> a deal out of the, an infinite amount of songs in the world. You had to put John Mayer in when we know he's your favorite. So you lost a, a couple of points there. Uh, where Hicks actually slid in one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite singers 
from one of my favorite movies into the third spot. You made it all about you. We move into four. Four has now become more important than ever. It's got to make up for three now. Yeah. Okay. Well, four. And let me also say this. He actually got me because I thought, like, I didn't dig James Morrison. And then that song sounded pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, that made me think, hey, am I going to look at James Morrison in a whole new way? (laughs) And with the down wall right before it. Right. It was was great, yeah. Yeah, he already had me in that thing. And now we're back into his favorite, John Mayer. Four becomes more important than ever. Ray LaMontagne, Henry Nearly Killed Me. This is a strange thing. Number one, I really dug the song. But two, just like Chris on song four, I felt like the wheel jerk. I felt the wheel jerk. It's definitely a total difference. Different like we're going in a different forward. direction all of a sudden. Yeah, same same thing I did. Yeah. Weird. Well, maybe that's just the problem of the five song thing. The yeah. five song cycle doesn't give you the time that you may need. That's a good. That's a great fucking point. Might let you know that right after three, movie clip or a poem might be perfect there. Uh, but dug the song and didn't know it. Did you know it, Diggs? Uh, never heard it before. No, good sound though. Liking it, Fez. What about you on that? Yeah, I had never heard of it. I don't, it just didn't seem you to me. No, it's definitely me. There's no you doubt think about so? it. Yeah, it's definitely fucking a Ronnie B song. Yeah, this, right from the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, oh, All I'm right. interested. Yeah. Oh, oh, without doubt. oh shit, yeah. Oh shit, <laughs> yeah. Right. So going. that was that wasn't the problem. Dug the song a lot. I'm actually going to rip off the song and start using it now myself. But I'm gonna say this before I even get into it. Both these lists I'm gonna be fucking re listening to. All right. Both these lists wow. could potentially make my iPod. Wow. That. I feel good about that. Now it's five. And this is where Hicks kind of played it safe with the Clash. Yes, I did. That's you know? I'll admit that, yeah. 
This is where he tried to lay one up. Let's see what we do here. All right. I chose a relative unknown, mm -hmm. a cover of a Susan Tedeschi song called Hurts So Bad. This is a little girl with a huge voice, Marianne Keith. Who this uh, kid is? This is Marianne Keith. What's her whole backstory? Uh, she's from California, and she's fucking phenomenal. Um, she um, signed to a small record record label called Unison. Lacquer label. Yeah. Record, yeah. Small record label called Unison Music. Uh, she got a couple albums out, but she is. Um, I'm not as much a fan of her studio stuff as I am of her alone with a guitar. She has a voice, and she's seriously like four eleven. Uh, well, I'm already digging it. I will say this is where the live thing hurts, though, because the production value yeah. on this is pretty muddy. But having said that, interesting choice. No, I'm going to look her up at. But now this makes me go back with Hicks kind of kind of rocking it out at the end with The Clash doing a cover. Maybe that gives you the easy ending that Hicks was looking for. Where are yours? Is this song really the end? Of a playlist. You know what I mean? Wow. Would this song have been better suited somewhere in the middle? Having said that, I'm going to definitely be looking into her. I'm digging the fact um, that uh, there's somebody new to get into. Yeah, that's why I used that. I know it was the uh, shittiest version in terms of audio quality, but I right. wanted you to hear that song. So that one was for you. That's no, I dig I it. I dig it. I, I'm, I got a feeling I'm going to be a fan of hers. Uh, John, you're on my first. Hey, Ronnie, I'm all in with Zito's concept. Uh, I discount the production value somewhat because you get a vibe from live that you just can't find in the studio. And aside from, I'll give him three of the five songs. Uh, but, yeah, I'm all in with the live concept. Yeah, uh, again, though, it really goes back to sooner or later is that, I mean, the live version of things is you would never do it all the time. And no. there's a reason for it. No. And the live versions you do have, they got to be something different. Something's got to really make it worth listening to to take that over the studio. And version. the fact is, uh, even a recording a live version doesn't capture the live thing. Like oh, no. when you're at a live show and then you get back and listen to some fucking this thing on bootleg, you're like, that's not really even the way I remember it. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Happens all the time with fish shows. Jesus Christ. It's crazy, right? <laughs> you're like, shit. Um, here's uh, Peter. Peter, you're on my fez. 
Yeah, I want to say this live shit's losing its luster. It sounds like there's collectively seven people at these shows. I don't have a problem with that, though. If, if, if Particularly with that last song of where he's coming at, it's like, oh, we're out in Northern California. There's some small fucking cafe. This hot little fucking pixie walks in. Just herself and her fucking her little guitar and just fucking tears your heart out. Uh, what did you think of it all together, Fez? Oh, uh, the the live theme just lost me that, altogether. That was your big problem. Yeah, I I handled it through the first track, uh -huh. but then this mixtape just went away on me. Um, here's Nate. Nate, you're on a Fez. Hey, Ron, we were doing fine on our way to Wildwood, and then fucking Zito grabs the wheels and points us to the fucking Ozark Mountains with them lads, though. Yeah, I know. And 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 but first of all, let me say, I don't think uh, I didn't. I don't think he put a song on here. I didn't dig. I just wondered if they all went together. But Zito definitely scored yeah. and scored big. Did well. Because you've got your work cut out for you because these two guys brought it. And what I like is I now have some new performers that I'm going to be thinking about. But the difference between them and you is you know me. You know mm -hmm. Ronnie B. Right. Like they don't, you know. Um Phil, you're on my face. Yeah, Phil, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, hey, bro, how's it going? Good. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I just turned on a couple minutes ago, so I know you're talking about the live thing here. Of course, no. that. I know Fizz, he's not a big fan of the live, but any of you guys ever heard of the online service called Wolfgang's Vault? Uh, we actually have the guy on who ran that, uh, who bought all those tapes uh, weeks a, after he got them. So, yes, we're very, very familiar with it. A bunch of live shows that Bill Graham had uh, out in San Francisco. I had no idea that they used to record just about everything that came through there. That's awesome. The problem is, then you've got to go back and see if the acts want to put it out. out right? Yeah. yeah. Because the Who might not want everybody to hear them Come on. in 1968. Everyone does, dude. Come on. Come on. Everyone wants to hear it. Just sell it. All right. Uh, we had uh, Hicks's... Hicks, read off your five. These are going over, by the way, to 202 Friends today. Uh, in order, it was uh, Where Were You by the Mekons, then into Against the Law by Sally Ford and the Sound Outside, into It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, Van Morrison, the, the, then uh, The Devil Never Sleeps by Iron and Wine, and ended with I Fought the Law by The Clash. Uh, and yours, Zito? Uh, all live versions, but the studios are just as good. Uh, Fits in the Tantrums with Money Grabber, James Morrison, Nothing Ever Hurt Like You, John Mayer Trio, Who Did You Think I Was, Ray, Ray LaMontagne and the Pariah Dogs, Henry Nearly Killed Me, and Marianne Keith, It Hurts So Bad. All right, now it's time for Fez Watley to bring it. Fezzy, is there a theme to yours? I had a couple of themes, Ron. Mm. First one. That's what I worry about. First one, nothing new. That was that was my first theme. Also, my my main theme is basically Ron's soul to go. Whether it's uh, way into work, road trip, I think this is a mixtape for you. All right, so Ron's soul to go. And is this like a takeout order? Mm. Well, I guess so. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's you know it's something that you have like if you're traveling, whether it's a walk across the city mm -hmm. or a drive across the country. Okay. All right, and I'm opening up with uh, my first track, The Chai Lights, Have You Seen Her?
One month ago today, I was happy as a lark. But now I go for walks to the movies, maybe to the park. I have a seat on the same old bench to watch the children play. <laughs> you know, tomorrow is their future. But for me, just another day. They all gather around me. <laughs> They seem to know my name. We laugh, tell a few jokes, but it still doesn't ease my pain. I know I can't hide from a memory, though day after day I've tried. I keep saying she'll be back, but today again I've lied. All right, Fez opens it up with uh, some chai lights. Um, let's go into song two, Fezzy. All right, uh, opened a little softer. Now going into Elvis Costello, Accidents Can Happen. All right, Fez, I'm only going to say right off the bat, erratic. Even though... So erratic? Yes, these are very erratic. I mean, I know you're saying, oh, I know Ron likes the Chai Lights. I know he likes Elvis Costello. Uh-huh. But, you know, we got a little bit of a peanut butter and pickles thing oh. going on here right now. Both terrific. Your song three puts you in a... Puts you in a... A strange spouse. You got to start and pull this together now. Okay, because my my thought is he picked even like an Elvis soul song or whatever. But uh, accidents can happen. You're going a little more new wavy with it. So I'm wondering where the the theme is. Okay. Well, I thought it was kind of maybe I got soulful confused on what it actually was. But I wanted a build here. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right. So three once again. Three is uh, a very important song. And my number three is Cool in the Gang, Hollywood Swingers. Yeah, this is crazy. All right. right. (laughs) We're building. All right, Fuzzy. Now, here's the point of like a good mix. You know you have three songs I've liked, I've played before, mm-hmm. so I enjoy. But we're hodgepodging right now. There is... You think so? No, I know there's no flow to this. Are you picking up on a flow at all? No, it's it's one thing to the next. It's Nothing's connecting. Right. Schizophrenia. See, I thought we had a build going here. I don't know where you're building or what what you think a build is. Well, we're so full and we're getting a little bit funkier as we go Mm. along this trip. All right, uh, let's go. Uh, Number four, Van Morrison, Ain't Nothing You Can Do. Headache. Headache, 
I'm very um, interested why you picked this song, Fuzzy. I thought it sounded soulful to go with my theme. But uh, were you? Did you know this song before? Um, no, I had. I tried to also work off of things that I knew were your favorites, mm-hmm. and then try to match with what I wanted to do. Right, but why this song? How did you find it? How did you come across it? Uh, this was on a CD that um, Kathleen from the Bronx had oh! made me years ago. Oh! Because this this was a very interesting choice. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, how did Fez find this, find this fucking tune and come up with the live version of it? Because I'm like, this is pretty fucking cool here. Yeah, it's a great fucking but song. there was a thing yesterday. Of no help. Yeah. Well, I didn't but, go. To, I didn't call Kathleen. I didn't email her. You used her cool fucking pick. This was something I was given to, like five years ago. That's not my point. My point was, hey, this is an interesting fucking choice. But was it your interesting choice? It sounds like it was her interesting choice. I still had to go through everything and pick something. It wasn't like that miss- song was handed to me. You're missing my point. You're missing my point completely. I just wanted to know if you would have found this song on your own or if you needed Kathleen. Because it was uh, a cool pick. Now again, your flow is gone. You picked, in my opinion, four really likable songs, four songs that are great. But do they go together? That's the thing. This flow thing that you have working out, I'm, I'm still curious about. Um, your number five becomes very, very important, Fez. Oh, very, yeah. very, very important to you. Yep, I agree. Now, the difference is you haven't played me any songs I've never heard before like the boys had. Right. I didn't so, want to give you anything. Waste your time. Well. Not wasting your time. We didn't waste his time. Put you on. Let's, um... Look, there's plenty of chances for rebuttals. This is Fez's time now. <laughs> this number five, maybe this song is going to wrap it up in a way I didn't understand, Fezzy. I think crazy. so. But we're going to need that to happen in a big, big way. Fez Watley, you're number five. My number five, Stevie Wonder, Living for the City. Mississippi Surrounded by For one that ain't so pretty His parents give Him love and affection To keep him strong Moving in the right direction Living just enough Alright So that's that five uh, That we came up with And the 
Five good songs, Fuzzy. But uh-huh. five fine songs. I think you misunderstood the word mix, though. The the mix was your big problem. That you never found that I'm setting a mood, uh, and you know, uh, we're, we're setting it up that way. Um, and then I was also surprised in your hate for Zito's lives. To see that your number four song was a live version. Well, you have to pick the right live version if you're going to do it. And then that made me even wonder, does he even know that this is live? No. No. Um, what did you think of uh, Fezzes? All good songs. Yeah. But it was a crazy mishmash. It was all. It was really just fucking ping pong ball all around the place. But it didn't feel that way to you, huh, Fez? No. Uh, here's uh, Jake. Jake, you're on Fez. Hey, boys, I hate to be the one that constantly calls in and busts Fez's balls. About you don't his, have to. Uh, he, he's, you're a one-bit pony, dude. That was the opposite game in music. How? Well, we go alternative, old school. Elvis Costello, new wave, old school funk. I, that's opposites, dude. It, it, it's going back into that it. flow thing that uh, it didn't have the flow. Scott, you're on Run Fez show. Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, I yeah. think, uh, you know, Fez played some freaking awesome songs, but everyone's heard them. Right. He did kind of normal things. Zito was really the only one that nailed it and said, hey, here's some oh, new on. shit. Check oh, it out. You know, this kind of represents me. Thank you, Scott. Too. Thank you, Scott. Um, let's go over here to uh, Chris. Chris, we're going to lay it out there now to people. Who do you think the winner was? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Chris. Go ahead, buddy. I got to say, Fezzy. I mean, you know, both the other two were great. The Fezzies was a nice blend. I mean, uh, the dynamics of the songs were all flowing together. It wasn't like a song jumped out from another song. I don't right. know. I mean, even though you heard the songs before, they went, they went right back together with each one of them. They were uh, great. Let's go over to Steve. Steve, you're on running Fez. Hey, buddy. Uh, Fez played some great songs, man. The flow was kind of like, I'd say, a bad Midwestern DJ. I did uh, dig the other two lists. I think it was Hicks to all the way. Should have mixed in some Detroit Cobras, though. Um, it's very tough when you got a five-song list yeah. to figure out. Particularly, like, have you ever been the type of person that there's always one song that pops up on your list, yeah. no matter how many lists yeah, that you'll make? I just got to cram it in somewhere. Yeah. It's like, this is I, this, this song is a shit. This person has to listen to this. Uh, let's go over to Andy in Pittsburgh. You're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I like Fezzy's list, uh, but I think if I had take a look at your iPad and scroll through your music, all those songs would have been on there anyway. I've been there for fucking probably 30 fucking years. You know what I mean? Like, all those songs uh, have been around. Uh, the one song that I was like, holy shit, Fezzy. You know, this isn't something that, that I thought you even knew. I'm impressed. And then I get that. How did you get that? Because I thought maybe you were going to give me, you know, I went to YouTube, start listening to Van Morrison and picked this one out. I was ready to put pin it on you. But when you just said you went and listened to a mixtape from Kathleen... That was the only fucking, only grade I would have taken off on you. Um, let's go over to uh, Randy, your own Fez. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering how much time, you know, Fez actually thought about that. And that, and as bad as I hate to admit it, you know, I dislike Zito. Uh, I think his had a better flow than all three of them. Oh, and I think, you know, just Hicks just pussied out on it. Oh, come on. What Hicks the fuck does that surprised even mean? me with the clash at the end. 
You played it a little safe. That's, that's right. all. I bookended. You played it a little safe. Uh, let's go over to Greg. Greg, you're on Ronnie B. Yeah. I got to give it to Pepper Hicks. Uh, yeah. Tito did a hell of a job. Fezzy, I kind of feel like Fezzy, like, you, like Ronnie B might already have that music in his car, you know. It it's a good songs, but uh, I got to give it to Pepper on this one. All right, let's go over to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Run and Fest show. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Peppers, I, I didn't care for. Cheetos oh. was really cool. But I think Fez had the best flow because if you start out driving, you, you know, you're real mellow, and he built it the whole way through to five. I don't, I, That's what I was trying to do. My only problem was the, hey, what are all these songs together? If your, your songs could have shown up on the same list, if maybe we're doing an 18 fucking song list. But I don't know whether they, they all go fucking ass to ass with each other. And the fact that, you know, you really did play it safe. You're like, I've heard Ron play these songs before or said, I love this song. So let me put it on the same list. So yours in terms of safeness was 100% safe. Um, let's go over to uh, Theo. You're in Theo. Ronnie B. What's yeah. up, buddy? Hey, guys. I uh, love the show, man. Just want to say I'm going to give it up to Hicks. All that shit was original, and uh, and I think one of the guys said it earlier. I'm definitely looking that up on iTunes to try to put that on my playlist. Definitely badass. Um, here is uh, Jeff. Jeff, you're running first. I think Zito pulled it off. Oh. Zito was very, very strong. There's no doubt about it. Uh, let's go over here to Diego, your manifest. As always, Zito comes in. Wow. Give me a uh, Heather, your manifest. Zito again? Hey, um, I actually, uh, I like Pepper better, oh. but I think Zito won this, and happy anniversary, Ron, and my <sighs> mixtape will be in the mail next week. All right, now hold on. If you liked, uh, Hicks's betters, then how did Zito win? No, I like I like I like him as a person better. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, yeah, so you're going. Oh, okay. All right, thanks. Uh, what is it that you liked about Zito's list? Oh, we lost you. Good. Uh, Tammy, you're on running Fez. Hey, I love uh, Fez's uh, pulling that stuff out of the five year old C D. Yeah. Even though, you know, somebody had given it to him. It showed initiative. It showed Inspiration. I think you should be, you know, telling him how good he's doing with that crap. All right, so you pick Fez? I think Fez did a great job. I love all those songs. Tammy, are you saying you picked Fez is what we're looking for? Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tom, you're on running Fez. Hey, buddies, I'm picking Pepper, but in Fez's defense, you can't just go to YouTube and find any any Van Morrison at all. He is blocked off of YouTube, so he's No, 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 no. It's not a matter of... Look, I got no problem with the fact of anything that Fez did. But the one song that impressed me the most, <laughs> as soon as I said, how did you get this, he had help. He did not get it himself. I still had to go through Van Morrison's songs, though. Where did you go through them at? On the CD that Kathleen but, from the Bronx gave me. Did she give you all Van Morrison? Yeah, it was all Van Morrison songs. You weren't supposed to get... She gave you a, a, a CD of nothing but Van Morrison. Yeah. She sent you the best of Van Morrison. Yeah. What the fuck kind of mixtape is that, Kathleen? Yeah, that's just the best of. 
tits is acting very embarrassing in the tits and ass thing. Jesus Christ, T. Why would she give you a tape of all Van Morrison? Um, it was, I got like one of all Van Morrison, one of all David Bowie. Oh, she's making some odd fucking CDs. A couple of all Little Feet. Mm. Um, let's go over here to Brady. Brady, you're on the yeah, Hicks with the gold, Zito with the silver, Fezzi with the bronze. Uh, Andy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Andy, we got you. Oh, hey, uh, I, if, if I'm making a mixtape for somebody like you that knows a lot about music, I'm going to definitely bring you music that you've never heard for heard before, even if it's a deep track from somebody well-known, without getting too cute about it. So i got to go with Chris, but in, in Fez's defense, I do, I've made that mixtape all the time. If I like an artist like Little Feet... I made people a mixture of all their different albums, the best songs from all the different albums. You're making a fucking best of. That's fucking stupid. No, no, no. You got That's fucking it stupid. It's called a mixtape. You already fucking... can pick up a fucking best of anywhere you want. Exactly. Um, and that, by the way, that isn't Fez didn't come in with five like that. That's the way fucking Kathleen makes it up. Very odd. <laughs> uh, let's go over to uh, Kyle. Kyle, you're on running Fez. Yeah, uh, Ronnie, uh, I thought Zito had it, but I can't believe that he'd go live and not have Jake Isles band for Ronnie B, and he puts in uh, John Mayer instead, so I think Pepper's got it. Oh, oh. wow. Wow. Nice. Uh, believe me when I tell you, I don't need a fucking Jake Isles live thrown in. <laughs> I I crossed my mind for a second. I'm like, God, please, you know. I just don't need well. it. Yeah. And that's like the what same thing with like the Elvis Costello you know, that fucking song's been with me for, what, 30 years now? I got it. It's a great song. You know, I already own it on probably eight different things. <laughs> Zito came in with some stuff that I was very impressed with. Hicks came on some stuff that I was very impressed with. I'm starting to think now that the winner of this might be playing against the Vibe Manager from Hard Rock. Bring him on. Bring on, bring on Vibe. This actually win. could be a good game at the Hard Rock. <laughs> For the vibe manager to be fucking hosting. Um, let me go with somebody who I care about, their musical taste, and that's our own Mikey Boy. Mikey Boy, yeah. I, uh, I got to say Hicks is the best one, but uh, I do think that the Weak Link was the Clash song, and not just because it's a well-known Clash song, but also because it's a cover song, and I really think when you're making a mixtape for somebody you got to make somewhat, a somewhat obscure uh, cover song where it's a song they know and they listen to it and go, well, that's a really cool version of that song they haven't heard before. Yeah, so you're going to give them the really odd shit. Yeah, yeah. I get that, but that's an iconic cover. I mean, it's the point where I think people don't even realize it's a cover song at some points. I mean, I think some people think, oh, The Clash did that song. Yeah, but it's, it's really a way to sort of bring people in because it's a song they know and they just no. I mean, they haven't even really... Uh, thought of that song before, something just totally different take on it that just kind of blows you away. That's, That's kind of the way you need to work a, a cover song into a mixtape, I think. Thanks, Mikey Boy. That <laughs> is always, yeah, that is always, I got to agree with Mikey Boy there. So you're going to give it to Hicks, but you're saying you're a little embarrassed about the ending. <laughs> yeah, I thought it ended poorly, yeah. Ouch. Uh, all right, thanks. All right. Uh, Andy, in Los Angeles, California, home of the doors. Yes, some of the doors are running. I'm going to have to go with Hicks on this one. And uh, Zito's was terrible. Uh, as far as Fez... Well, it was far from terrible. No, it was terrible, but... Oh, come on. As far as Fez goes, his was actually decent, but I think it was just out of order a little bit. 
Well, I do think uh, here's my only complaints about Fezes is a big part of it is what have I heard Ron say that he liked before, and then I'm going to play it. Yeah. And instead of like with Zito, I mean with Fez, when I complained that Zito gave too much of his, himself. I felt like I didn't get enough of Fez. And a matter of fact, the only thing I felt like I got of Fez's was, here, I stole this from Kathleen from the Bronx's. This is something I give to you. (laughs) Because that was the only song that I even thought to ask Fez, hey, why did you choose that? All the rest of them, I know exactly why he chose. You know? Yeah, that's uh, the mystery one. Although I wouldn't have picked that Chai Light song, you know, for myself, if if I was going to pull... A fucking Chai Lights tune. I'm not going to do one where the guy does the embarrassing talking. I've been thinking about you for such a long time now. I never like when anyone stops and starts to talk. It's really weird. Walking through the park. Just shut the fuck up and get to the Hulk. What are you saying, motherfucker? Um, here is Mark. Mark, you're on the Run Face Show. Yeah, Zito pulling out Ray LaMontagne. This guy's been putting out some great stuff for years and years, always under the radar. I guess that FM radio is a pile of shit. I don't know, but that guy's amazing. Hats off to you, Zito. I agree on that. Uh, Zito Zito has uh, picked something that I'm going to chase down, and I feel you're the same way with it, huh, Hicks? The LaMontagne, the LaMontagne I, that was surprising. I hadn't heard of him. He's good, good shit. Um, here's uh, Joe. Joe, you're on my face. Joe, once, twice. Lost your buddy. Here's Jeremy. You're on running fuzz. Hey, Ron. Hey, you know, personally, I think uh, he got it, but then you started attacking Fizz because he was inspired by somebody else, his music to, that he thought that you might like. And uh, I got to go. You know, I, I'd back over the bus with Fizz any day, but I think he, you know, thank I have no idea what this fucking hillbilly said. I was putting one for me since that's what he said. He said that at the beginning. No. <laughs> The only thing that I said to Fez is when I chased down the one song that I'm like, that, I know, I've never played that Van Morrison song on the air. How did Fez find that one? Because I was very impressed. It was a good fucking song. Yeah. That, you know, he just didn't suddenly come in with a Van Morrison song that I played before. How did he do that? Got it from Kathleen. Kathleen from the Bronx. And I remember Kathleen's name specifically came up yesterday. Yep. Immediately, pretty much. When yeah, we yeah that's why I didn't call her, email her. But you didn't need to. You already had her fucking mixtape. Here's uh, Bill in Boston. Hey, Ron, isn't the whole point of a mixtape to take inspiration from somebody else and pass it on? I think Fez really took this one home. Uh, what was the inspiration? Well, I mean, you brought up Kathleen. I mean, he had some things passed on to him, and he moved on to Ronnie B. All right, I'll give him, uh, if that's the criteria... What about the other four that he just gave me as songs that I, I've played on the air for him? Well, I, I still have to go with the uh, mixtape for Ronnie B theme, so he was passing your own inspiration back on to you. All right, so just passing inspirations, either from Kathleen or from me. Um, let's go over here to uh, Matt. Matt, you're on my face. Ronnie B, what's going on, man? Yeah. I think we heard that hillbilly have a stroke on the air, but... Uh, I don't know what yeah. happened. <laughs> It's fucking funny to listen to, I tell you that. But uh, I think uh, we got to give it up to Pepper Hicks on this. Um, it's very close. But uh, I think you should put them all on the CD and sell them, man. I'll do the cover art for free. Um, oh, man. 
I'll fucking love to have some cover art done up for this fucking mixtape special. That'd be the shit. Uh, let's go over to Nikki in Florida. You're on a Fez. Hi. Um, I think we're forgetting that we that Fez entered this contest with a huge handicap because he doesn't do music and he's never done music. So for him to find five songs that worthy. Well, I, mean, I really. don't want, you know, I'm competing. I don't want a handicap. Well, you know what? The, the Spirit Award. I'm going to give him the Spirit Award. See, I, I don't want that. that. We always give the retarded kid the Spirit Award, and you're going to get it. Oh, come on. Handicap, other sports have handicaps and competitions. <laughs> All right, so Spirit Award. Nikki, is that what should we, we should give him? All right. Well, he Let's do one of those things like where they let the retarded kids score. Oh, we'll get on fucking real sports then. I was totally excited that Fez picked five and not four. I was totally uh, you know, if he would have said three and went like this, I'm all. I, 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 I'm. I got nothing. I'm all. I. I. I don't. I don't. Um, that would have been. Um. Then I would have thought, well, he didn't do enough. He didn't fill his time. He didn't fill the DA, but he did. DA is filled. My only thing is, Fez would have moved ahead two spaces if he would have said to me, Ron. I know you like Van Morrison, but I was trying to find you a little fucking hurt, you know, a little less radio played Van Morrison. So I looked through this thing and I came up with it. And I hope you dig. Then I would have said, you just fucking blew me away. But instead he goes, uh, I wanted to play a little less heard Van Morrison. So I went to Kathleen from the Bronx. Uh, okay. It's not bad. Kathleen with the assist. But yeah, if we were doing the tits and ass. And I probably ought to do one of those. And I'll tell you this. Kathleen is one of those people. If she plays me a mix, have funds go on. Throw them up. Gotta listen. But now I will say this. Zeno and Hicks have impressed me. As well as Fez. If I want to hear stuff I've heard before, or I already own, I'm going to have Fez do it. I should have him come into my house, use my music to make a mixtape, and hand it to me. So Fez is your, your personal vibe manager. I guess... Um, Jeff, you're on my face. Yeah, I got to give it to Pepper. Zito's was just a playlist from the Spectrum. From the what? What's the Spectrum? The Spectrum's a Sirius XM channel that plays music like that, which I happen to enjoy very much. So Yeah, me too. That's how I recognize them all. So that's all you did? You went down and you fucking checked with the PD from the Spectrum? Oh. I did not, which, by the way, I think it's Gary, Come the PD on. for the Spectrum. But, Come uh... On. Why can't uh, we be the PD for one of those? Yeah. If they're going to fucking waste time with Gary, waste time with us. No, but that was all music from my personal collection that I uh, frequently listen to. All right, we're going to break here. I'm going to come back and pick a winner. Oh, shit. Um, it's a tough one. Fez, I saw you mm-hmm. writing down as you're apt to do mm-hmm. of what the listeners say. Where are we on in voting? Uh, right now we're with Pepper Hicks in the lead, followed by Zito. And then me in third, but with a spirit award. All right, that's good. That's it. No matter what happens, you get the fucking handicapped spirit award <laughs> because Nikki from Florida feels like you should think that you got a letter. Oh, shit. <laughs> Everybody participates will get something. Each one of you will get a participation. All right, I'll take it. Nice, I'm going to put it on the fridge. I'm telling you right now, it's really fucking tight between you guys. I think Hicks would have won it. 
easy enough if he didn't make the safe clash thing. It just seemed like you got bored with what you were doing. I was not bored at all. I was going hours fucking just, just fucking chucking entire playlists and just going far from scratch and just bringing shit back in. Give me one song that was your last song to drop that you really wanted to have. Uh, I'm going to do this with each of you, it was by a the fucking, way. It was a fucking White Stripe song, uh, a live version of Death Letter. That would have wanted for you going away easy. <laughs> that would have been it. Son of a bitch! Hex, well, I mean, Zeno, what was your last song to throw away? A guy by the name of Ari Hest does a really good cover of Hallelujah, but I didn't want to mess with the Jeff oh, Buckley version. Let me tell you. The, first of all, the, the, there's only one version for me, and that's the Leonard Cohen. Okay. I get fucking bored with the all pretty singers. <laughs> uh, and Hallelujah, that fucking American Idol has destroyed that song for everybody. Well, that's right. I'm, I'm glad I didn't put it on there then. But if anyone would have used Leonard Cohen, you probably would have won this. Uh, One Leonard Cohen song would have won it. I mean, if Fez would have went like that for me, what's the last song that you dropped, Fezzy? Um, now, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a P-Funk song. Can you imagine if you would have just said Leonard Cohen right now, how fucking big that would have got you over? If you just would have scrambled over and said it was Leonard Cohen, you might have moved up a couple points. All right, this goes along with the pie and the cigars as oh, being one of the most awful days of my life. Come on. I tried so hard. Isn't it sad? Isn't it's it sad how much you guys fail? Fucking heartbreaking, actually. I want each of you to think of a birthday song now for just John. Okay. Uh, because today's his birthday. Okay. He hated my mixtape, so... Um, who did just John? I think so. Yeah. Why? How'd you hear about that? I was I was reading I was reading tweets come in and one. Why of them, do you read tweets? Well, because I just like to see I like to know what people are saying. And one of them was somebody agreeing with just John, like yeah, Zito's did suck. So I didn't see his original tweet, but I'm assuming it was something like that. It's very nerve wracking. It just hurts. Can't believe the clash of all bands are gonna fuck me over. I guess I fucked myself over. It's not Clash's right. fault. Leonard Cohen fucked us over. <laughs> Is, I just got something that says this. And I'm not going to say who this is from. Excuse me, Ronnie, but if there's one thing Tits knows, it's making mixtapes. What I burned for Fezzi years ago, a bunch of CDs put together in a CD case. Vans, Vans Live, Too Late to Stop Now, Waiting for Columbus. Hunky Dory by Bowie. Do you see? I burned a bunch of my favorite albums. A bunch of albums. I think there were like 10 of them. Jesus, that's a box set. So here's what happened, Fez. The, all the Bowies that she put together for you, uh -huh. it was one fucking album. She just recorded <laughs> the Hunky Dory album for you. Oh, okay. She didn't give you a bunch of Little Feet songs. She gave you Waiting for Columbus. Here's where she failed. In this five, six years that she did this, you haven't taken the time to go, hey, what is this, what is this collection of what songs? Is, what do I actually have? What do I have? In six years, you don't know that you owned an album. You thought you had a mixtape. Right, yeah. Of all the same artists on each one. Now you got me calling her a dunce who's putting together a fucking thing when she just fucking stole music for you. She just stole albums. <laughs> Great. Oh, boy. And the Van Morrison, I'm betting, was the opening song, was it not? On that album? 
The Van um, Morrison live album? You just gave me the opening song. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think that was the opening one. Was that song only recorded live? I don't know. Because there's a possibility that I might have just fucked up and accidentally pulled a live version. Oh, that's why it was live? <laughs> it wasn't labeled as live, but I just love the live tracks. I know. No, that is off a live album. Then yes, that's that was the right one. I don't know if it was on any studio album before that, but I remember, I think it opened a fucking Van Morrison live album, which now I'm thinking he might have just went in and got the first fucking, you know, yeah. song off like, of oh, it. this is good. Oh, uh, you lost that. Tits cost you extra points today. All right. Spirit Award 2? Huh? Spirit Award 2? No one cares about the retards awards. You can have all those that you want. I'll give you a fucking set of wings and tell you the pilot. But I've got to... I've got to fucking pick between Hicks and Zeta when we get back. Hicks, yes. his biggest problem was just fucking laying it up there with a, with a safe choice at the end. I got worried. I'll be honest. And then the problem for Zito is the Spectrum call that came in. Mm -hmm. The Spectrum call that really, Gary basically put together my mixtape today. No. And the John Mayer had just had to show up. I like John Mayer. Fez, your biggest... Yeah, that one, you're right about that. <laughs> that was more of a problem for me than anything. But I will say this from Zito. I'm going to... Um, a couple things. A, a couple artists came up that I wasn't aware of that I was digging. And if somebody would have said to me, Hey, you're going to dig a fucking James Morrison song. I would have said you're a liar. <laughs> and he fucking, it was a nice fucking fold on there. Yeah, those first two songs, definitely, definitely on point. And Fez, your biggest problem was just only the train wreck of the way it went. The songs were fine. Uh huh. But you, the train wreck of how they got put together, there was no solid theme other than songs Ron's already likes. And then B, this thing that Kathleen sent that. Really could have you kicked out of the academy. The the fact that you don't know and not taking the time when you when you said she made a bunch of songs for me and you don't know that you have the hunky dory album. <laughs> Holy shit! Great mixtape. It's called Aladdin Sane. It's great. It's all over the place. Tit sold you out. She sold you out. Yeah, she dropped a dime on. Well, she's running the league. It used to be the Ron and Fez league. It's now the tits and ass league. TNA. Um, it is just John's birthday, though. John, I want you to feel free to go down to Molly's today, have a Ronnie B. Cupcake, no beverage unless you'd like to pay. You'll get a sef separate beverage. Okay. It's fair. And if you, get, if you bring a person with you, split that cupcake. It's very rich anyway. It's delicious. It's quite good. I didn't know that you liked it. Love it. Love the Mollies. Break. Back. Ron and Fez show. The virus. Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez show. Ah! Uh, I'm Ernie McCracken. When I found out little Billy was growing up without a daddy, I had to do something. When Pigger and saw our picture in the paper, he called the Unified Fund and got involved. I had to. Couldn't help myself. 
It's the Ron Fez Show. I went over on two or two friends' Twitter to see uh, all three mixtapes are up. Try to get yourselves a taste. Hicks, do you feel like you want it? I feel pretty confident. I feel pretty goddamn confident that I took it home. Mm. I feel I should win. Oh, this is kind of cool. They're actually putting them up with the YouTube versions. Nice. So, uh, Where Were You pops up against the law. Very, very nice. I'm not going to waste much time here. Uh, Fez, you pick up the bronze. Congratulations to you. So now it's between uh, Zito and Chris. The only two who really took this seriously. The only two that spent more than five minutes on it. I was tortured putting this together. The thing that hurt uh, Chris... Most of all, was laying it up there at the end. Mm-hmm. The thing that hurt Zito most of all was force feeding a John Mayer fucking song <laughs> in the middle of it just because he loves John Mayer. Yep. I want you to love him too. Yeah. Old John Mayer. I'm going to give it to Chris Stanley. Yeah! Chris Stanley. Oh, fuck you, Zito! Oh, fuck it. you! Yeah! Love it! Now, Fuck. what that means is Chris is a good person and you two are bad people. Yeah. Oh, terrible. This is a great reward. Zito, you did very fine for yourself, though. You and the Spectrum <laughs> did a very fine job. I have no association with the Spectrum. I enjoy it, but I did mm. not have I any might want to start and do this every day on the show, where bring me music, and then it's going to be like little bites of food. Like, bring me appetizers I've never had before. Okay. It's exciting. That's exciting. Uh, I know that you're you're involved in this Anthony Bourdain thing. Yeah. Uh, I heard uh, Jennifer telling Anthony basically to shut it, shut it down. They all went against Anthony Bourdain for believe it or not attacking Paula Dean. Yeah. In the world, and I and I couldn't. I mean, I could see Jennifer doing this, but I was stunned to see. Darling Lily, to see how far Lily's fallen, that she's protecting Paula Dean. What exactly did Bourdain have say that now has him the most hated man in he food? Went after Sandra D. These are all Food Network people: Paula Dean, Ray, Ray, uh, Guy Fieri, and Rachel Ray. In the gist of it, saying they're all terrible cooks, they don't know what they're doing. Right. That's pretty much the same thing he had to say about every single one of them. Now, to be totally honest, there, not one of those people is known as a great chef. Yeah. Um, if a, anything, they're more cooks slash, you know, broadcasters. Yeah. Uh, about Dean, she, uh, about Paul Dean, he said she revels in her un, own unholy connections with evil corporations and is proud of the fact that her food is fucking bad for you. All right. Now, sometimes, you know, here's the fucking thing about Anthony Bourdain. He hates anybody who talks about local and green and all that. Yeah. And then he also hates. Anyone who makes a corporate deal. Oh yeah, yeah. He just he's just fucking angry, just fucking throwing shit out there, constantly talking shit about people no matter what. 
And, uh, and you know, same, very much the same stuff about Rachel Ray and everyone. He's always had a beef with the Food Network. Even in his first book, he was taking shots at people on the Food Network. Yeah, it's all, always been fun for him. Yeah. Uh, wh- who else did he talk about? Right, Rachel Ray, he said, does she even cook anymore? I don't even know why she bothers. <laughs> I will admit this. When you watch Rachel Ray on TV, you never go, mm, there's something I want to eat. No, never. Rachel Ray blows. I agree with Bourdain there. All right, what about the others? Uh, Guy Fieri. I look at Guy Fieri and I just think, Jesus, I'm glad that's not me. Guy's a nice dude. He oh, really he's very is. nice, yeah. He's one of the most positive people that you'll ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly comes from kind of a different background than the guys that are considered the great chefs, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he really, I forget what the name of his place is. Johnny like, Garlics, I believe. Tequila pastas <laughs> and all that. I mean, they're almost... From the word go, it looks like he's trying to set them up to be Ruby Tuesdays or Chili's. Yeah, that's that's his plan. That's he wants a chain. And then about Sandra Lee, who's dating uh, Governor Cuomo, I hate her works on this planet. I don't know anything about uh, Sandra. What's her name? Sandra Lee. She's really, really waspy. It's ridiculous. She's like a Stepford wife. It's crazy. And there she is, and she's dating Cuomo. For a step for wife, she's really separating the tits, though. Yeah, she's popping them shits out, and yeah, she uh, yeah. So he has a beef with all those people, and then uh, Paul Dean, fucking uh, fired back at Anthony, saying, "You don't have to like my food or Rachel Sanders and guys, but it's another thing to attack our character. It's not all about the cooking, but the fact that I can contribute by using my influence to help people all over the country." In the last two years, my partners and I have fed more than 10 million hungry people by bringing meat to food banks. So she's like, yeah, fuck you, Bourdain. She did get hit in the face with a ham one time working for a food bank. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if that's like some kind of a sexual remark. Um, she got ham fucked. Now, I, will, I, I don't know much about Rachel, uh, I mean, Paula Dean's food, but people I know that have stopped there in Savannah never got in. They have like been driving along, like, oh, I'll cruise over and try her restaurant, and it was just packed full of fucking southern people all waiting to get the fuck in. Can't get enough of the fucking Paul Dean. Um, so I don't know a lot about that. Um, here's Bill. Bill, you're on Runafest. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I just uh, want to let you know I used to work over at Paul Dean's over in um, one, of, one of her places. I'm not going to say too much. You would be surprised on the menu. It's just, oh, And compared to like the idea of what Bourdain is really trying to do, of course Dane's a punk. He's always been a punk. He's been a punk rock guy. He's going to be angry at anything he possibly can be. That's how he works. Uh, but considering the fact that like you know, there's absolutely no art form to what she's doing, I can see why he's pissed. Right, but I, I if we're going to be honest about Anthony Bourdain, I don't think he's cooked in six years. No, he I mean, We had him on our show five or six years ago when he was still... Um, he was taking a leave of absence at that time. In the hall, right? That was, yeah. that was his restaurant. Uh, but he really hasn't cooked since. No, he's not a cook anymore. He's just a TV show host of a travel show. And, you know, even the travel show, people used to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Now you talk about it less and less. Yeah, the new season's just ending. And, I mean, there wasn't really much hype around it or whatever. Like, he just went to Iraq. Less nice yeah, he needs to do. He needs to kind of rebirth that show. Like, put this one to bed, do something else. Well, I also heard that in San Francisco on some on some blog they were saying Anthony Bourdain fucking shooting a new TV show called The Layover. 
which is just him going to different cities and he goes everywhere you got to go in like 24 hours. So it's, it sounds kind of like I it just it's basically no reservations just on with fucking in 2 days. But do you do it in in the states? He's in the states. Yeah, he was doing one in San Francisco. So this might this whole beef might just be fucking just to get See, Tony lost me when he's acted like Philadelphia didn't have any food. I think that he's just going old school um because there's a lot of great new restaurants in there. As the person who really did Fez's mixtape, Kathleen from the Bronx will tell you. That's right. Hey, Anthony, why don't you fucking talk to Kathleen? You feel this building moving? Yeah. Yep. What's that about? I don't... The floor's going up and down. Okay. <laughs> want me to go walk outside? About? Yeah. It was, I thought but, I was going crazy for a second. Yeah, me too. The whole room really just started bouncing. Uh, it's an earthquake. Earthquake hit. Earthquake. Where did it hit? I uh, just heard earthquake. No fucking no details of it right now. I'll check Twitter since no news feeds are fucking... That's fucking weird as shit. That's a little that scary. was the weirdest sensation of just the room going up and down. Not shaking back and forth, but going up and down. Yeah, it was going up and down. Yeah. Uh, we'll try to get some reports on that. But... Very, very strange earthquake. Just Everyone on Twitter saying earthquake from New York City to Virginia. Wow. Charlie, you're on the run of Fez show. What's up, boys? I was sitting at a red light. I'm in Queens on my way back to work after lunch. And I just felt my car shaking. And I look over at the stop sign next to me. The thing is vibrating back and forth. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. Is it the wind? The next thing is Ronnie U out of the radio saying, wow, is this building moving? I just had a really surreal experience. <laughs> that was nuts. That was I, just nuts. Ronnie, I lived in Southern California for three years and slept through three earthquakes, never experienced it, and now I'm living in New York and I get to experience an earthquake. It's a little strange. Um, let's go over to Matt in Virginia. You're on Renefez. Hey, Ronnie. I'm down here in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, about 500 miles away from you guys, and we just had an earthquake here like... 30 seconds ago. Yeah, we had the, we were in the same exact earthquake. So it's already popping up that it uh, hit as far as Washington, D.C. And we felt it here in New York. Uh, we're 36 stories up in the air right now. So that's a very weird feeling to be in that. Now, Virginia, he, Toronto. Jesus. Here is uh, Steve. Steve, you're on my fence. Ronnie, I'm sitting here listening to the show. And I hear this rumble of, oh, first I thought it was like a delivery truck outside. So I thought, all right, I'm going to have to go up and get, you know, go to the front door. And all of a sudden, the whole thing just started shaking. The whole house is shaking, man. Uh, know, we just like bounced. Fezzi put it the best way that we were going up and down like a basketball here and not a not a swaying feeling like you would expect. Uh, uh it was like the, the strangest fucking one feel. One of those old belts where you lost weight, like in the 60s, you know? Uh -huh. uh, 
That's what it felt like. It was crazy. They like, like, oh, you're oh, talking about one of those fucking belts, like they would wrap around you. That's really yeah, fucking exactly. weird. Um, like. All right, thanks, man. I don't think so those things work. We are uh, a, a very big East Coast earthquake. Now, as far as I don't know, as far as I know, I'm not seeing anything. Five point eight earthquake. That hit near D.C. So just to the people in Virginia and D.C., I felt it here in Midtown Manhattan. Without a doubt. Um, this said, felt almost 59, 90 miles away. How far are we from D.C.? We've got to be at least that. Um, here's uh, Jay. Jay, you're on Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, big fan, long time, first time. Hey, I, I, I thought you guys were joking about the earthquake. I'm sitting here at the light in Addyville, and and my car's shaking. And I go, what's, this, what's going on? And, and then I, I, I turn you guys on, and and then you guys are talking about it. I, you're not joking, right? No, we're 100%. We just felt it in this building. Um, 234 miles. We're 234 miles from where they're saying the earthquake took place. And when I first felt it, uh, no one else in the room was talking about it. But then as I looked down the hall, I'm watching people. Everyone <laughs> stopped. And that gave me the weirdest fucking vibe. Um, and then uh, HTG sent. And so so I, then I, that's when it's like, do you feel the building, you know, swaying? And all you guys were like, yeah. And then Fez having the up and down was fucking dead on. Because you would expect to be in a, was... a swaying building. Yeah. But it was literally bouncing like a bounce, uh, like a basketball, just really lightly. And then HTG sent me the thing of earthquake. And that was too fucking weird. Here's Keith in West Virginia. You're on my Fez. Uh, bone. Ronnie, I'm, same thing. I'm in southern West Virginia. I'm probably 250, 300 miles from D.C. the other way and sitting at a stop sign. Got you guys on the radio, and I just felt it felt like the car was torquing, like shifting right and left for about four or five seconds. Really, really bizarre. Jesus. Really, really strange. 2012. Um, let's go over to uh, Nancy in Charlotte. You're on the face. Hi. Yeah, what's up? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just felt the car going up and down, just like you said. Not a not a swing side to side, but bouncing up and down. It's the weirdest thing. Well, so Charlotte, all the way from Charlotte, West Virginia, we felt it here in the city. Very, no, very, that's a long fucking distance. Yeah, I'm Let's try to map Carolina. this whole thing out, Hicks. All right, thanks. Here's uh, MJ in Connecticut. You're on Run Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Just checking in in Danbury, Connecticut. We're about 70 miles northeast of the city, and I just felt it, too. I thought there was someone in my trunk. My whole car was shaking. That's, uh, according to this, about 300 miles away from D.C. Now I'm being told it was felt in D.C., New York, North Carolina, and Ohio. That is a gigantic amount. Now, here where we are in Manhattan, when you feel uh, and you're in a skyscraper 
and you feel the building move, it's not a good fucking feeling. No. So we, the last thing I was thinking was earthquake. That would not have even dawned on me. No. Um, no, at first I thought this was the stroke coming. We're 600 miles away from Ohio, and I felt it. Uh, here's Todd in Columbus. You're on Manifest. Yeah, they, uh, we were in a five-story building here in Columbus, Ohio, and we felt it here. Now, how quickly before you knew that it was an earthquake? Uh, you know, not not too far. I was I was listening to you guys talk about it, and and that's when everybody kind of stood up and said, asked everybody if they felt that. Now, for you to be sitting in Ohio and knowing that I'm in New York, Holy saying, shit. "Is this building moving?" and you feel the building moving in Ohio, you must have felt fucking crazy. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Uh, all right, talk to you later. That is bizarre. That is a long haul. That's ridiculous. Now, as far as I can see, I'm not seeing anything on uh, TV. They evacuated the Capitol building. Evacuated the Pentagon, too, I think. Uh, but, but I'm sure they had the same kind of feelings we had. Yeah. Like, is this a fucking terrorist attack? Um People saying Toronto felt it too. That's crazy. That's true. Yeah, five, five. How many more miles does that add to it? Jeez, that's going to be another fucking three hundred. About five hundred miles from Toronto to DC. Look at Hicks fucking blowing this stuff out. Um, when I'm just wondering about aftershocks. Here's John in Cleveland. You're in Manifest. Hey, Ronnie. How's it going? Good. What do you say? Uh, well, I'm at the Indians game today, and we could feel it at the progressive field here. And then uh, it was weird. People just kind of were looking around like, the, you know, there might have been something going on because there's a lot of construction downtown. But then uh, I checked my Twitter, and it started blowing up right away about there being an earthquake. All right. Um, thanks. Chris yep. writes into us, uh, earthquakes are always vertical, not horizontal. Well, believe me, when I tell you, sitting in Manhattan, the last thing I expected to be in was an earthquake. So it never occurred to me that it was an earthquake. I just had the weird feeling of being in a building that's fucking moving. Oh, hashtag earthquake. Beautiful. Um... You think when you live in a certain area, you get trade-offs, you know, weather and natural disaster-wise. Like if you're in Florida, yeah, you'll get hurricanes. Right. But you wouldn't have to worry about earthquakes. Here's Mike. Mike, you're on Renifest. RDB checking in from Boston on the 10th floor of my apartment building. Felt it right as you were mentioning it. You are fucking kidding me, Boston. Yeah, All right, so crazy. Now give me the full map, for, uh, Hicks, to go from Boston, North Carolina, the fucking uh, Cleveland, that's covering a lot of goddamn square miles. Wow, Boston felt this. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Gary in Buffalo, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I felt it too. I was at my computer desk and started going back and forth. And CNN said it was like a 5.8 magnitude. And you know what the scary part is? I mean, obviously we're hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and so are you folks. And just to feel things moving like that, and you're not even anywhere in an epicenter. And we're not talking to seven, eight, nine, 
right. magnitude. That's Jesus. the that's the terrifying part. A five point eight, they would basically laugh off in uh, California. Um, yep. And we felt it all over the East Coast. Now, to the people out west, we just never get these. All right, I never felt you one. know, you know how you guys go nuts when it snows, and we act <laughs> like you're dicks. Um, that was weird for us. My cell phone's not even working, and I just saw a news report come across that like a bunch of cell phones all at the East Coast are fucked up now. Well, Sprint's working fine. I can't send texts on Verizon. I'm gonna say. If I can, um, well, the, your cell phone might not be working because everybody's texting at the same time. Yeah, I'm also yeah. I have perfect service, and I'm looking online though. There are outage reports. It's just bizarre. Uh, hey, Nikki, you're on Fez. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Am I on? I'm sorry. Yeah. You need to get it up online really quick on 202 Friends of Twitter that you broke the story live to all these people in the United States simultaneously. Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't care about that. Yes, you do. Come on, get the story up there. Why Don't would I give a Twitter fuck right? about that, Nikki? I'm Cause not because I'm not CNN. I'm not trying to fucking say get the news here first. Fucking hold our moral challenge, Jesus Christ. Brutus saying I, it's six point two. I thought somebody fucking blew something up in the basement here, and I fucking <laughs> said to my guys, "Do you feel the building moving?" <laughs> Yes, which is still you just want to fucking hear back. <laughs> and it, it, now, am I crazy or did that last like four or five seconds? Though? No, it lasted a while. It felt but, pulsa- pulsating. Almost. But if, if I was doing anything else other than sitting in the chair, I might not have felt it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I feel like if I was doing almost anything, uh, yeah, my uh, texts aren't going out either because everybody's fucking texting each other. Um. Here's uh, Floyd, New Hampshire. You're on Manifest. Mr. B, yeah. I'm uh, probably about 45, 50 minutes north of Boston, and right when you said it, I was outside cleaning my car, and I felt it under my feet, thought I was crazy. My boss comes out of the store and asks me what's going on, and the neighbor runs out, too. Right when you said it. Amazing. Yeah, well, that was, is the weird thing, is that, you know, it seemed like, it didn't seem like there was a rumble because here's people from all over the country saying they hear it as I'm asking you, is this building shaking? Fuck. Yeah, it's not fucking 500 miles. Seems like I'm about 500 miles from D.C., from the center of it. That is nuts. Um, Rana Fez show. According to Nikki in Florida, breaking the news first That's right. about an earthquake. I was the first person to say an earthquake happened here. Now, the interesting thing is I don't see damage anywhere. No, nothing reported. Nowhere is there damage. On Twitter, though, someone said uh, an entire um, restaurant got up and left and didn't pay their bill. If they felt the earthquake. I'm sure. <laughs> Free lunch. Didn't you feel like leaving here? And didn't, and didn't it also, did you have the thing of, hey, I don't even know where the stairs are in this building? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like, wait, what? Uh, let's go to break. <laughs> yeah, I want to go out, I want to go outside and check what's going on. And I was like, oh, wait, we're, we're doing this. Why? Yeah, we're doing a show. Yeah, this is happening. Um... I don't know how much 
uh, stronger it felt uh, when you're in D.C. than what we felt here. We had a pretty good pop here in Manhattan. Yeah. And we're on rock. I mean, we're on solid rock. Uh, Chris, you're on Rene Fest. Yeah, I just need to point out the simple fact that Fezzi has a problem with getting on the subway and an elevator, and you just said, is the building moving? And the only thing Fez could come up with was, oh, well? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, remember that. saying, oh, well. Oh, well. That's what you said. I heard it. I even laughed at it because I thought it was funny. Um, I'll check the tape. Right, someone said that Colorado had a 5.3 today. Um, people were saying get ready for aftershocks. The yeah, largest natural earthquake in Colorado in more than a century. Had to guess last early early this morning, I guess. Mm. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Uh, here's Greg in Virginia. Says he knows a little more about it. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, Ronnie, um, I, if you go on a website, it's earthquake.usgs.gov. In real time, it tells you where and when all the earthquakes happen in the world. So this earthquake happened in Richmond, Virginia. It's about 40 miles outside of Richmond, between Richmond and Charlottesville is where the epicenter was. And I live here in Richmond. I thought my, a tree had fallen on my house. All right, thanks, bro. Kevin, you're on a fez. Hey, I, I felt it 180 miles away. I just did the, the, the maps. I looked out and my pool water was, was rippling. It was awesome. Very, very weird. All right, we got a break here. We'll come back and wrap it up. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron Bennington, Fez Wally, Ron and Fez. On the virus. What would you do? I'm asking you, what would you do to change this healthcare system for the better? Get off my phone! Get off my phone, you little pinhead! Get off! According to uh, Nikki in Florida, I was the person who announced the earthquake to the world. Uh, one of my on-the-spot reporters all the time is always out there for us. Lily stopped in. Lily, how are things going on the 37th floor? I'm kind of like the man on the street, except yeah. I'm not on the street. I'm in the building. Um, it's pretty chaotic up there, actually. Grown men running out of their offices, freaking out, asking to go home early. <laughs> it's really funny. What? Yeah, they're like, can we leave early? Uh, here is uh, Jason. Jason, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, guys, it's your buddy, the Candyman. Hey, Candyman, what's up? Candyman. Hey, um, I'm out in West Virginia now, and we felt it here. And uh, Zito is correct. Uh, the, all the cell phones are down. I'm actually on my OnStar phone in my car. Well, they're not down because, like, something has happened to the phones. They're down because everybody in the country feels... Calling, the, yeah. Exactly. Everybody's calling to see if everybody's okay. Which so. fucks it up because... They start worrying because you can't get anyone. You know the whole yeah the whole point of having a cell phone is like this is my emergency phone. Um, Lily, you didn't feel it at all. <laughs> no, I was standing up talking to somebody and I didn't feel anything. Uh, did you go back and grab when I first bring it up? Yeah, he has it. First of all, I was doing a killer fucking show, just really <laughs> touching all four, and I thought you were going to do a song for just John. Did you forget? I, th I thought maybe it was just too stupid. What were you going to do? He had to be square. He, likes, he likes four square. That's just, that is too stupid. Oh, I'm glad you didn't. Right. 
Think of a really good song for John. Fuck. All right, let's go back and play this and let Lily hear it live. The Kathleen. You feel this building moving? Yeah. <laughs> What's that about? I don't. The floor's going up and down. Uh, that was the actual moment. So th this Fez did not take it as simply as that other person said. Yeah. You acted accordingly. Yeah, and I also, when you said, did you feel this building moving, that's been done to me before, and yeah. I wondered how you guys were making the actual room move <laughs> well, to play a joke on me. I was hoping to look by and see three interns running past really fast because, you know, we have stupid interns who run around here. But to but the building did not sway, as you would think. It right. bounced a little bit up and down. Now, people writing in, it is uh, shallow. It's a shallow earthquake, and that's why it was felt so far away. All right, there's people all over the place outside of their buildings. Why we stay in inside ours. How stupid we are. Um, here's Martin in California. You're on a fuzz. Hey, Ronnie. What a bunch of pussies out there. Wanted to go home early because of an earthquake? Let me think about a real earthquake. I'm here in California. I'm walking across my driveway. The earthquake went like a springboard, setting up in the air. Not high, but, you know, just maybe a foot or so. I kept walking to go water my lawn. It's nothing. These guys want to call in sick tomorrow? What a bunch of pussies. <laughs> That's really funny. Thanks, Martin. Uh, California is going to start and fucking sp spread their wings right now. Dave in California. What's up, Ronnie? Yeah. Hey, man, a 5.9 ain't nothing to joke about, man. It's uh, That's pretty serious. Now, what is some of the bigger ones that... Well, here's the weird thing. I'm not seeing anything of any real damage. No, but you're going to get some stuff knocked off of shelves and stuff like that. Mm. But uh, the building codes, you know, they, uh, they they stand up for that kind of stuff, even in, even on the east side. Thanks, bro. What Later, is bro. Just got a call from Rob Cross. Uh, he was talking to one of his jocks down in D.C. at XM. Apparently, uh -huh. they're debating down there whether to send non-essential personnel home, broken glass, pieces of the ceiling on the floor. Uh, oh, shit. Shit like that going on. Down yeah, there. well, they are a little closer to the epicenter, and they do, they store broken glass down that way. People are ready for an aftershock. Like, it's by, coming, guys. It's coming. By the way, in radio, everybody is non-essential. <laughs> there is no such thing as an essential person. When I used to work in Florida, they would be like, who's joining the hurricane team? I go, oh, not me. Oh, and they're like, seriously, you don't want to be part of the hurricane team? Be on the air the whole time? I go, no. Why? They're like, why? I go, no one's going to fucking hear us. What are we going to be, <laughs> rocking hard? During a fucking hurricane, the fucking tower's going to be knocked over. Um, here's uh, Carl in San Francisco. You're in Montefez. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, yeah, nothing here in San Francisco yet. Maybe it's still on its way over. But I was going to say, the earthquake that flattened uh, Christchurch, New Zealand last year was a 6.3, and that, uh, that was quite a mess. So you guys got up pretty lucky on this one. Well... Again, the when you stay in the fives, uh, that's considered a moderate earthquake, a moderate earthquake, and we felt it all over the uh, East Coast. Um, shockingly far, um, people felt it on the East Coast. The news is now saying felt in Detroit as well. I actually had that on Twitter that somebody from outside of Detroit uh, wrote. Um, very, very weird. All right, let's go back and listen to 
the moment that it happened again. The Kathleen. You feel this building moving? Yeah. Yep. What's that about? I don't... The floor's going up and down. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at that point, I'm looking around. See, here's what weirded me out. I felt it in here, so I'm hoping to see a couple of fucking idiots run by. But then I can look at like a block down the hall here, yeah. and I'm watching people just stop in the hallway <laughs> what was that? and put their hands out and look. Because how long did it feel like it lasted? Like five or six seconds? It or? felt like it lasted that long, but it, now I'm thinking it came like twice. Like we felt it when you first said it and then felt it again afterwards. No, we definitely felt it twice, yeah. It was definitely fucking pulsating. Almost. It felt like you were I mean, sitting on a basketball. Is the only thing I can think of. Just a little tiny, like bounce, a little tiny bounce, um, which is weird. It's just something that you don't uh, normally have to deal with. Um, let's go over to Scooter. You're on running Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fezzy. Hey. Nice to nice to hear your voice, Lily. Oh, thank you. Hey, uh. Hey, Ronnie, uh, or Fezzy here. I'm just wondering if this is going to change your uh, travel plans for the way home. I mean, as far as getting on the elevator, is, is that going to affect your travel today? Oh, you got an elevator, you got a subway. There's a lot of things to think about. Yeah, I mean, I do not want to get in the elevator, and yet I also don't want to stay up on the 36th floor either. Do you want to walk down 36 floors? I would like to try that if it's available to me. I don't think that it is. Check and tell them that Fez would like to walk down and say, because I think they set off an alarm if you try that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, Lily, you're going to stay here and do your show, right? Yeah, I'll be here. Now, lately you've been calling it sucking and fucking with Jenna, Jenny and Lil. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily ever called it that. Nice. <laughs> oh, what are you calling it that? It's just whatever with Jennifer Hutt and I'm oh. the producer. No sucking and fucking. But I don't know why I get confused. <laughs> I caught a couple uh, a little bit yesterday. You guys were just cranking along good. And then that old producer came up and made everything uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It was a little awkward. Yeah. It was a little awkward, but it was good times. But I noticed this, that Jennifer has that, hey, the people around me feel awkward, so I'm happy. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. radio thing that everybody in radio loves. Yeah, you can't be a host of a radio show. Why is that? They're like, oh, are you going to throw up? <laughs> huh? Why don't you eat a hot pepper? Like I don't know what is studio. wrong with people on radio. Um, here's uh, Mark, you're on Renefest. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, from Los Angeles area. Uh, Los Angeles, California, home of the doors. Well, before I... Uh before I get into the smack talk, let me give you some genuinely useful information here. Okay. Uh, we, we've seen these 5.9s before, and, uh, and uh, what really works after an earthquake, all the text messaging stops working, the cell phones stop working because they're all overloaded and everything. But if you have a BlackBerry, fire up the pin messages in the BBM. That, that's the only thing that worked the last time we had a good shake here. Just a little, a little public service announcement. But, there you uh, go, Mark from L.A. Hey, I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> Uh, guys, this is funny. This is hilarious. <laughs> Just to hear us? Go up here. Go home and get your fucking shine box. Well, here's the thing, though. But it's one of those things that we've just never done it. I've seen a little bit of snow hit down south. I watch people drive off the fucking <laughs> yes. roads. Right. Um, and if, it, if it ever snowed here, 
you would have absolute pandemonium because yeah. you're having it back there on an earthquake. So. Now, how often do you have earthquakes there on the West Coast? Oh, just about every day, but you don't feel them that often. Yeah, uh, but, the, but the ones you, that you, you feel. A five-nine, that's a really good shake. That's a, is this it? You know, do we need to find the earthquake kit kind of shake? Yeah. But, uh, but no, do, do think about the BlackBerry messaging because uh, that's the only way I could get in touch with my kids last time a good one hit here. Thanks, bro. Right, Peace. Wonder what's in an earthquake hit? You're pretty much fucked. There's just fucking rubble fall on top of your head. No, they've got, you know, like flashlights and shit like that. They got stuff ready. Whatever. I checked on the stairs for Fez. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you can walk down the stairs, and you have the option to do it any day. So, I had no idea that. I didn't even know where they were. I had to ask where they were. Where are they? I think they're when you're walking down the hall, like in that freight elevator area. I think there's like one of those doors that's like a just a white door actually leads to stairs. I thought that they close off the freight elevator thing because they're doing some kind of air conditioning in there. Uh, do you want to take the stairs, Fezzi, or the elevator? I want to take the stairs. Really? Yeah. That's 36 floors. What if, like, one of us rides down with you? We'll, like, make it like a... ...down with us, or somebody's walking down with them? Because that's pretty fucking far. 36 floors is probably going to take you 10, 15 minutes. Easy. Even going down? Yeah. Yeah, just in in time. Unless I fall. (laughs) Gotta do them two at a time, Fezzy. That's really a long haul. Well, we got like about a what? A one minute fucking elevator ride. Yeah. That's a long elevator ride. Yeah. Um, who did you check with on that? I called our receptionist who actually thought I was stupid for even asking where the stairs was. Tell her she's fucking stupid because yeah. she's going to say hello to everyone who comes in here. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> does now, she did she feel? know for sure? She no. said people take them all the time. She said, I can show you exactly where they are. And I said, it's totally okay to take them. And she what said, yeah. people take them? Yeah, exercise conscious. I have no idea who's taking the stairs. Drifters. That seems odd. I think she's lying to you, Zito. She's constantly lying. I might just stay and do the suck and fuck show. (laughs) You're more than welcome. Uh, Let's go over here to uh, Frank. Frank, you're on the face. Hey, Ronnie, Frank from Morgantown, West Virginia, man. I thought I was upset on my deck, and I thought I was having a flashback from my window pane days. Mm, thanks, dude. Hey, do you think Anthony Cumia uh, grabbed his to-go bag, and he's heading to the mountains by now? He might have just shot his neighbor's dead. <laughs> well, you know. First bad. thing first, he had to fucking make sure the perimeter. We're saying that they're saying to not use the D.C. Metro. They're concerned about aftershocks. Don't get on the fucking Metro in D.C. Riding on the Metro. I like the fact that Rob doesn't know whether to send his D.C. people home or not. We're debating. It's so fucking funny. Non-essential personnel, Ron. Non-essential. <laughs> All right, who, who on our team do you say is non-essential? Send the computer home. <laughs> No, this team needs uh, needs to be firing on all cylinders. Yes. Very much, yeah. I don't know who we would decide is our non-essential. <laughs> now, with your show, Lily, would be the host is the non-essential <laughs> oh, person. No. I was going to do that about Fez, but he has a bad day already today. Plus, there's an earthquake now. Who's walking down with Fez? Not it. <laughs> I'll walk down with you, Fez. children. 
Well, I called it, so. No, I don't You've got to stay. <laughs> You're working. I'll walk down and take the elevator back up. I, really I would do that shit. for you. I don't think I can do it. It's uh, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. I can't take that type of time. I don't know if I can walk down 36 stories either. Fuck that. That's definitely I, I also don't think you're allowed to do it. Yeah, that, I had a more uh, uh, of an authority than the receptionist. because I Hicks, had the... go down and open the door and see if you're allowed. Or send the, the <laughs> kids down real quick. Just to see if you're allowed to open that door. Because I can't imagine they want people wandering around the stairwells. Why not? Security feels tight smoke. around here. Yeah. So smoking in there. I think it locks behind you, maybe. So then you're fucked. So then once that door closes, you so can't... what else are you going to do? Fucking get back on another room? <laughs> I don't even know where it lets you out downstairs. Is that our intern there? Those shorts are retarded. Who's ever wearing those? That's Seth. Rob, Rob just called to ask why you'd even want to go outside fast because you're surrounded by 50 stories of glass everywhere. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's geez. a really good point. Jesus. So, what? Would, yeah, that is a good point. Stay in here, Fez. Live here. Live in the sky. All right, everybody wants to tell us their own fucking special thing. Uh, let's go over to Rob. Rob, you're on the fence. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. I'm in Virginia. I was on uh, 66. I'm sure you remember 66 when you were down here. Sure do. And uh, we were stuck in one of our great traffic jams for one of the many accidents we had, and it felt like some big trucks were driving by. I didn't know what was going on. I thought somebody was pushing into me from behind. Um, here's, uh, Ted. Ted, you're on Fez. Hey, how's it going? I just want to, uh, congratulate the Ron and Fez show on being the, uh, first ever Aftershock Jocks on radio. So, uh, congratulations, guys. Aftershock and Jock. Like Nicky said, you broke the story. You should get that on Twitter and get it out there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I was on the air. Let's take a listen. I love the fact that the guy called up and said, Fez worries about everything and then handled this one so calmly. <laughs> when then when we listen back, it didn't sound all that calm. Not all, <laughs> not close. The Kathleen. You feel this building moving? Yeah. Yep. What's that about? I don't, the floor's going up and down. Okay. <laughs> okay. Pepper was the I one who had. my fate. <laughs> what was uh, Pepper's? Completely calm. Yep. 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 I feel yeah, it. We're probably gonna <laughs> die soon. Um, I guess. Got anything to say? Oh, Twitter. N bombs flying all over the place. Why? Yes. Ends kick people out the store because of that mini earthquake. All in caps lock. Hmm. So I had to go. To I had to go to Twitter before the news to get to find out what the fuck was happening. Hmm. Let's go over to uh, Chris in Texas. You're on Fez. Hey, guys. Actually, that okay sounded like Fez resigning. To, this is it. I'm dying. Um, my real reason for calling was they said the last earthquake was in Maryland last summer was a 3.6. That was the largest one they've had in record. And then this 5.9, which they're saying... For every point it goes up is like a factor of a thousand. So this one is probably about ten thousand 
times worse than the 3.6. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that we've never felt a earthquake on the East Coast like this before, where everybody within uh, at least a thousand square miles was feeling this. Yeah, easy. If not more. To Detroit, as far south as like South Carolina, that's crazy. Fez passed me a note that he peed in his pants a little bit. Oh, and I don't think that that's bad. That's why I wrote it in a note. Oh, so it didn't get brought up. I thought you wanted me to read it. It wasn't. Please make this announcement. It smells pissy in here. <laughs> All right, I gotta go, guys. Where are you going? I gotta go upstairs do some work. What work are you show gonna do for crap. that show? What do you what show? What are you doing today? By the way, I noticed that our show came out on the side of Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah? You were on his side? I just don't get the Paula Dean thing. Yeah, but, you know, so I don't like her cooking either. I've never really dug but, it. But, well, you know, Anthony Bourdain's a little bit of a, a bully, I think. I love him. He's um, a badass. But who is he? He's a complete chain smoker and a degenerate alcoholic. Who is he to tell Paula Dean that? He's a pill eater, though. Yeah. Yeah, he likes his pills. Fucking pops and Vicodin. You know, he used to be on methadone in the old days, still. He used yeah, to be yeah. a junkie. Yeah, he fucking loved it. Oh, what that does for your taste, buds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all loved it. You never run into junkies or go, I don't like the feeling too much. Stair update. Uh, the stairs are not allowed to be taken. And then the security guard acted like some type of meteorologist when he was like, we just felt aftershocks. The building is structurally sound. The elevators are working. You can take the elevator. Yeah, but what if we can't? What are the stairs there for if you're not allowed to take well, them? You, in an emergency, that's what the stairs are there for. Right. We've just had a 5.8 earthquake right. felt in New York City. I'm with you, Fez. I'm going to ride down with you, Fez. Thank you. But, I mean, if it's not today, when are these stairs available? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Right. But here's the thing. You can, open the, you, <laughs> you can open the stairs. It's just going to set off the alarm. You, ha you do have a way out of the building. But it's just going to set off the alarm. I, I, I just want to say security is meant to keep us safe, mm -hmm. not uh, locked in, you know, some sort of shaking building. All right, you don't want to turn into this guy screaming, Fez. You want to be calm, guy. Be okay, guy. Mm. Uh, here's uh, Joy. Joy in California. Hi, Ronnie. How are you? Yeah. I just wanted to say that I'm really glad that um, you guys weren't playing a bit on Fez. I was listening out here in California, and if you listen to the tape, you ask if the, the building is moving, and someone laughs in the background. So I really thought you guys were doing one over on Fez again. So. Well, we've done that bit a million times in Fez. <laughs> but I wondered how you were doing it so elaborately this time. <laughs> we've done well, that. I just, I just felt like Fez was validated in this one moment with the earthquake that <laughs> no. hit the entire Yeah, Fez was validated on 9-11. What we worry about here is not earthquakes. We worry about the 9-11s getting us. Oh, um, I totally hear you, Ron. I'm from Ohio, so whenever I get an earthquake out here in California, it freaks me out and everyone laughs at me. But I was seriously driving in my car, listening to you guys and thinking, here we go again. And actually, it was legitimate. So, bravo. All right, Carter wrote... Um, And did two hotel friends retweet this? I'd be embarrassed if they did. But apparently Ingve Malmsteen finally unlocked the secret chord progression. And then he wrote, NYC, who farted? 
Um, Fez better start praying to that God that he doesn't believe in. Mm. Frank in Texas, you're on Fez. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. I was originally going to do a uh, I Felt the Earthquake down in, down in Texas going to a big burrito joke, but I've decided to change, and I now feel that we should um, name today's uh, closing song Solid Like a Rock in honor of both the Northeast Earthquake I love it. of our man Ashford. Uh, we we lost uh, we lost him, and then also the earthquake. And now we can do solid as a rock. Perfect. As Fez will be taking the elevator down, and I'm going to be right there with you. Thank you. I was not going to be right there with you on the stairs. That was going to be Lily's job. <laughs> Solidarity. Do you know CPR? Uh, I do actually. I did in high school. I know CCR. So <laughs> if anyone <laughs> has a heart attack. I can start singing Bad Moon on the Rise to him. Just as good as the other. I guess it'd be comforting I think you're at right. least. I think you're right. It's like, oh, Chester, that's a good tune. Um, Chris, you're on my face. Hello? Yes, what can we do for you? Yeah, I was sitting in my car watching uh, Jenny on the treadmill on my phone <laughs> when I started to feel an up-and-down motion, and I think it came twice. All right, that's disgusting. <laughs> and by the way, as a producer, stop. Stop the what? titty shaking fucking yeah. thing. Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't make the videos. But talk her out of it. Why people love it's them? It's skanky. There was almost a nip slip yesterday. Well, she's yes, wearing I know, next to nothing, and she's put it at the top. Then she calls me like, "Oh my god, Rod, I must have a nip slip." <laughs> and I go, "Oh, when?" And I go. She goes, "I haven't even put it up yet. I will." Well, if one was the nip slip, then you don't put it up. Unbelievable. And then my father stopped by and gave me a solid gold gym that I could be inside of. If You don't have to post it. You just don't have to post something that almost happened. She wants him to see. Uh, Richard, the truck driver. Ron, he says he was talking about his... Yeah. I'm in uh, Baltimore. I just got off 95, stopped at a truck light, and I'm driving a big rig. Some bitch started swinging back and forth. No. Later, 30 seconds later, I heard you say, you feel that? And so he says, oh, the floor is bouncing. And I knew right away, earthquake. Oh, shit. Lily's hot. Yeah, she is. Are you dating anybody now, Lily? No, I'm not dating anybody right now. Something, Nobody. Something happened to you that you're on the I'm not dating anybody scale. Yeah. Did I'm the last pretty... guy break your heart? Sure, of course. They always do. But I, I just feel emotionally numb. I, who was the last guy? It wasn't the rocker, right? No, yeah, that was my last boyfriend. The one that was in here? Mm-hmm. And he broke your heart? Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> no. Yeah, right? Me neither. He seemed like a nice, uh, don't, easy... Don't be fooled. Somewhat simple guy. Yeah, not really. Bumpkin. I would almost use that word. What did he do that hurt you so bad? Oh, I mean, nothing. It, he, it wasn't like one event that happened. It was just, you know, we dated and then we broke up and, you know. Did he used feelings. to pee on you? <laughs> no, he didn't pee on me. But Sounds like a pisser. <laughs> he does. You know, I'm just really not interested in dating at this point in my life, to be honest. It's weird. I'm, I'm really at a weird place in my life. Emotionally shut I got down. a cousin that would be perfect for you. I got a cousin. <laughs> so, no, it's never good. You know, I got news for you. I've never set anyone up before. Have you, Hicks? No. No, that's never. No, it's never happened. Have you set people up? Really meddle into people's I don't know if romantic. that happens outside of movies. 
No, it does because people try to set me up all the time. I tried to set Fez up many, many years ago, and uh, the girl was um, angry with me after a while. Her loss, Fez. They had done, a, you know, tried to. They dated a few times, mm -hmm. uh, but it was all uh, beard work. Oh, okay. It was straight beard work. Mm. And then Fez um, said, uh, why don't you stop by for Christmas? And she just thought, like, okay, we're just friends. And the entire family had all bought presents for her, and there was this oh. huge pile of presents. Oh. And she didn't have one for anyone else. Oh, Jeez. that's a little uncomfortable. And Fez did not come to the rescue. Just acted like, yeah. Oh, no. And their family was like, I hope this is it. I hope this is the one for him. So after that, I stopped trying to set him up. Yeah, you got to let people do that on their own. It's very, Just, very you hard. You don't want to get blamed if it doesn't end well, which it never really does. I'm going to find you somebody, though. I'm going to find you somebody uh, perfect. Is there? <laughs> There's nobody. Have you ever been with an actor? Uh, somebody who did act as well as other things, but not in, strictly an actor. Okay. Not an actor. You were the model slash actor. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, what I'd like to do then, have you ever been with somebody overseas? Marine Corps? Uh, no, I don't really like guys. I'd get you with special like forces. No, I'm not interested in them. I don't like guys like that. I don't like cops. I don't like any guy who wears a uniform. Not interested. Except for a football uniform. <laughs> Them you love. Can't get enough of it. Um, by the way, uh, going over to look to see whether I made the right things, we put a poll up on 202 Friends out of the mixtapes. Wow. Um, Hicks had an amazing 61% of the votes. Wow, I'm flattered. That's That's great. Fez, 27%. Oh, this is bullshit. Zito, 11%. <laughs> this is nice. Fuck that. Hey, the people have spoken, dude. All right? The people are cruel, though. Oh, yeah, very. <laughs> the people are cruel. Well, everything is settled back down. Do you feel settled down now, Fez? No, I'm just waiting for it to happen again. See? Okay. That's... No, wait, wait, wait. Now I can't even feel whether it's real or not. See, that's oh. what I'm... The, the floor just feels completely unsolid. Unstable. It's jello floor. Do we not have enough time to hear when it broke again? I can arrange that. Yeah. Let's take a quick listen. The Kathleen. You feel this building moving? Yeah. Yep. What's that about? I don't... The floor's going up and down. Okay. That's my favorite. Were you sitting or standing then? I was sitting, but with my feet on the ground. And your head in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching for the stars. Were you guys all sitting, though? Because I was standing and didn't feel anything. So I think I, wonder... I was sitting, and it it almost felt like you were sitting on a ball. Like, the ball yeah. just started, like, bouncing. It wasn't enough to feel like, whoa, or there wasn't anything swinging in there. It was so small. And the part that I was being quiet there... Is because I'm looking down the hall and watching everyone in the hall stopped. And that's when I knew, like, oh, shit. The whole fucking building feels right. this. Oh, no. It's over. It was like if you were on a trampoline, but there was, like, sitting, and there was, like, a baby at the other end just, like, jumping up and down. It was very minor. It always is funny to start jumping on the trampoline while other people are sitting there. 
and forcing them to bounce around. But it was like a baby, but like a dead baby. Best kind. Well, Lily, are you staying and doing your show? Or are you yeah, going to be no. essential? I'm essential and I'm a trooper. I'm but you say. haven't heard from uh, Jenny yet. Yeah, she might have just I think, fucking... Yeah, I should Rich text girl her. might not even come in. Text how? With what? Oh, right. Texts don't work. I wonder if the phone itself works, though. I'm going to try that. Hey, honey, your uncle, yeah, your uncle Todd was in a earthquake today. What are you wearing? What are you doing? What are you wearing underneath, huh? Oh, bad girl. Who's a bad girl? Who's Uncle Ray's going to get them? Is that my niece again? No. Enough, Fezzy. That would have been dirty. The other day, Fez had to go and call his niece back because he thought that I called his niece and talked dirty to him. <laughs> and then he had to call her back to say, I was just kidding when I was talking dirty. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? I would never do that to your niece. What is she, four now? Oh. About that, yes. How old is your niece, really? Uh I have a niece that's 26. Then you must be really old. Seriously. Jesus Christ. You've got a niece leaving the dateable years. Over the hill. Oh, this... Uh, oh, come on. It's not over I the guess, hill. Oh, it's way over. <laughs> it's unfuckable at that age. Come on. I guess Milfy, sure. If you're into oh, the yeah. Milfy stuff. What are your topics going to be today, Lily? Um, let's see. We're talking about would you be more uh, comfortable with your woman making more money than you? Yes. Men? You would? Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Are you mm. going to shut it down for us? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. Any man who didn't, wouldn't, wants to stay in poverty. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys who are uncomfortable not being the, the sole breadwinner or at least the bigger breadwinner of the family? Well, yeah, now that's 1991, I guess you're right. <laughs> no, I think that's done. I know I know plenty of people and a lot that have called the show before who are the stay-at-home dads and the families get along great. Well, they're saying now more than ever, depression in men is rising because of the economy and more men are getting laid off, which means more men are staying at home and more women are going to work. So their depression rates are going up a little bit more. So... I don't know if they like it. <laughs> no, well, you feel bad if you're not working, if you're not contributing, that, when it's not your choice. That's a lot different than I married a doctor and I'm happy to stay home. Yeah, I guess. But well, You got some bad topics. What else <laughs> do you got today? I got to really check my prep sheet. I have a horrible memory. But, yeah. um, don't I'm taking the elevator to floor number two. I don't get what you're saying. But fucking. Oh, okay. I got you. Right, oh, well, we that. would, you know, we try to not do things that are as sexually explicit. I don't think Jen has, if I was to guess. What? Take it in the ass. If I had to guess. Hicks, what do you think? Uh, no. Too Jewy. <laughs> right. What does that have to do with anything? It has to do with everything. Yeah, I don't like that. Not on Jews Day. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Of all days, the Tuesday. Well, by the way, try to come up with a phone number that's easily remembered. Not 866 true. But, you know, well, like we have Ron Zero Fez. 
Yeah, but what would you do, Jennifer Hutt? What would be well, the... I would do fuck a suck. <laughs> yeah, 866 fucking suck. There, done. Come Wouldn't on. forget that. All right, everybody, stay solid as a rock today. I'm going to take Fezzy down to the ground level. You going to make that ride? It's, I, I can't imagine getting in a little box. Who gets to hold hands with Uncle Ronnie, huh? Who gets to hold hands? Me. All right, that's it for us. See you guys in here tomorrow. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. That's what this love is. Oh, that's what we've got. Oh, solid. That's real. Solid as a rock. And nothing's changed it. Oh, the thrill is still hot. Starting at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. The Opie and Anthony Show is next on The Virus.